in a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions. Only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers podcast. What's the deal, Panther fans? It's your boy, Tony Dunn, the professor, here again on a Tuesday night talking to Carolina Panthers. From latest news and opinions from the fan perspective, I do it each and every week with my homeboys. What's up, Cody Lashney? How are you? Tony Dunn, I'm good, man. Uh, listen, this is probably the, you know, as far as news is concerned, it's the doldrums. There's not really much to talk about. We're kind of having to scour the deepest recesses of Panthers, Twitter, and news to find something to build the show tonight. But even in spite of that, there's nowhere I'd rather be on a Tuesday night than sitting here chilling with my boys, Tony and CK, hanging out with the best damn Panther fans and all of YouTube. You already know him and love him, Tony. It's our man Adam Sanders, our man Drew. What's up, Drew? Blake Bettis, the real zero chill. Lynn Leon Hart, what's up, Lynn? Panther Pickle, my Friday free for all faithful sideshow Rob. White Chocolate Espresso, the boy Kevin, Janelle's, Andrew Fields, D'Angelo, the legend, Tony Dunn. Ain't nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. CK in the house. How are you doing, my friend? Oh, uh, you know, listen, can I can I tell you guys one thing that's really exciting? Sure. Oh. Three weeks until training camp, baby. Oh my god. Oh, let's go. Thank Dude, God. We really I can only need get so football. erect. Easy there, buddy. (laughs) Settle down. Um, You know, is that we do really need some football in our lives. Uh, I saw Mel Mayock put out a picture today on Twitter that said there's two seasons, football season and waiting for football season. Um, You know, the IRS, but this is, I got to say that in the 10 years that we've been doing this podcast, this might be the most quiet three weeks of news period for the Carolina Panthers, yep. even with this continued Mayfield dis- like talk, it's still like that's the only possible thing. So thank you, Robbie. If Anderson. it wasn't for people like us, <laughs> yeah, and, and Robbie Anderson, you feel me? You feel me? Yeah, shout yeah. out Robbie, man. You feel me? Hey, you, I, I feel him. You know, shout All out right, to Robbie. Uh, you feel me? We're gonna get into tonight. Uh, well, tonight's show is you feel me, where we're gonna be kind of sifting through the doldrums of of this lack of news cycle we'll do some fun things like uh we did in the past week uh we built a uh last year we built an offensive squad right last year last week we built an offensive squad this week we'll be building a defensive squad we got 15 dollars to spend and you know who uh who i'm spending my first five dollars on you know that know that but uh so we got that i want to talk about uh wide receiver for some reason, like wide receiver is sexy. It's a sexy position. Uh, so we'll go through uh, and try to rank or try to figure out who's got the best wide receiver groups in the NFL. Uh, you can go to our lads. I'm going to share the screen in just a second and, and sort by the position. So that's pretty cool. Like if you go to ourlads.com, you can look at every te- They'll put all the receiving cores uh, for all teams kind of like in order. Not in order, but like okay. in uh, together. So that would be cool. Uh, Robbie Anderson news and what else do we got to talk about tonight, Cody? Uh, so Baker Mayfield. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, more Baker. About, I know, man. Dude, it's a perpetual hell of Baker Mayfield news and stories. 
but we do have uh, uh, a story about Baker Mayfield urged to avoid the Panthers Hornets nest in potential trade. Um, and I think this just adds to that whole discussion that we've known for a while. And the Carolina Panthers are no one's first stop. It's on the top of no one's list. Um, you know, if you're, if you're making a choice, you're not necessarily choosing to come to the Carolina Panthers because of all of the chaos that's been surrounding this football team in the past right. couple of years, not only with the coaches, but now you have everything with David Tepper and this Rock Hill fiasco. That's a weird thing. All the things, you know, with us wanting Deshaun Watson, not being able to land him and having one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL penciled in to be your starter. It's like there's a reason why we're the butt of jokes when it comes to the quarterback position. I tell you, if you look at what what this just tells us, this article alone is the epitome of they don't have anything to talk about either. We already talked about this last week, and that is was, was Carolina the worst destination for Mayfield, and uh, there's an argument to be made that it's not. Um, the continued problem, though, will be surrounding the uncertainty of the head coach with Matt Rule. So we'll get into that. Uh, we want to get your calls in. The number's 252-228-5098. That's 252-228-5098. I was thinking about this. Um, well, first, we ask everybody to support the show by subbing up, hitting the uh, thumbs up button, the like button. Uh, you can also, if you find it uh, kind enough in your heart to donate, you can find ways to donate both uh, scrolling across the bottom directly uh, to us or using the Super Chat. And I was thinking uh, we got some plans on maybe um, doing some things with the Patreon this coming year with the, um, I thought CK gave a good idea about potentially Patreon getting um, first dibs on the call line. How about this is maybe we'll, we maybe could pilot something like uh if you super chat uh we'll give you we'll move your call up you know uh and there's no there's no minimum for that just any any donation could be uh considered a cause to move up the call line but still this isn't um that's all that's the only time we're gonna mention it in the show and uh we want to get in and talk some football so let's do it uh you feel me you feel me all right, I guess we got to start with it. Robbie Anderson. Yep. I know you got the video. Let's I see. Do. It's like Robbie Anderson is waging. Robbie Anderson's sensitive right now. Um, and uh, here, let's set it up a little bit. All right, let's set up this discussion about what's been going on with Robbie Anderson. Is that uh, Robbie comes here uh, two years ago when uh, Matt Rule comes in. It's a kind of a free agent. Well, it's not a kind of. It's a free agent acquisition. He had an opportunity to stay with the Jets, I think. The Panthers were able to, or or I guess it seemed like he picked the Carolina Panthers, maybe because of that relationship with Matt Rule. Uh, Matt Rule was his coach in Temple and kind of went to bat for him to get him, um, you know, keep him eligible to play or bring him back. Robbie Anderson comes in and you you expect him to be uh, kind of a Deshaun Jackson type player, right? Is that was kind of a lot what he was with the Jets, and that is a home run hitter, stretch the field. You expect his stat line on a great game to be something like, or at least I was forecasting his stat line to be like three catches, 
86 yards and a touchdown, you know, so like one, you know, one really big play and then a couple of 12 yard catches that um, then Robbie Anderson comes in in a, in Joe Brady's first year of an offensive coordinator. And uh, when all, all the things, we were so happy guys, we were so excited in that first season because you bring in Teddy Bridgewater. We weren't excited about that, but at the same time you had 2000 yard receivers, Robbie Anderson, did not have any big plays. He had one big play in the beginning of the year, and then he became a possession receiver. Hit 1,000 yards, right? Um, put up a decent amount of touchdowns, I think, and, or had a few touchdowns. He's had eight as a Carolina Panther, I believe. Then last year, the first few weeks, the dropsies, the dropsies, right? Yeah, the first few weeks were tough for Robbie Anderson. Uh, frustration set in. There's a popular video of him yelling on the sideline at Sam Darnold in frustration. Um, and then he be- kind of becomes uh, going from a fan favorite of what's that bear doing um, to what's that idiot doing, right? A lot of fans are now sniping at him, trade him, trade him, trade him. And he's become kind of, I won't say a punching bag, but a lot of fans have veered a different or, or changed their perspective on Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson is listening, folks. He is listening. Oh, we forgot to mention there was a slight holdout. Not holdout, but, you know, kind of some tough negotiating last offseason after that 1,000-yard season, and he gets and secures. He secured the bag. He got a three-year deal, very reputable money. And then as soon as we paid that, people like, overpay, overpay. You get the overpay crowd. (laughs) A lot of people were really disappointed. Uh, when we signed him, but we felt like it was kind of unnecessary. A lot of people thought DJ that, that first. Yeah, people thought it should have been for DJ. Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of different different takes to be had around this. But let's just uh, let's play the video. You feel me? Well, today he hit Instagram. I, I believe it was from today. Yeah, he hit up the IG live, and uh, he wanted to make sure y'all could feel him. And for all you motherfuckers sleeping. Language warning, by the way, as if you didn't already know that coming to this show. Show y'all that last time y'all count me out. Y'all know how I'm stepping, y'all know how I'm rocking. Feel me? Straight up. Ain't playing, and that's what it is. All that little, you feel me? Nonsense and all that little BS can't stop me, won't stop me, never did, never will. You feel me? I came in a bit with nothing. You feel me? You feel me? And that's how I'm still rocking. Like I ain't got nothing. You feel me? And that's the difference. You feel me? I ain't had no handout, no red carpet, no none of that. You feel me? And that's why I'm rocking how I'm rocking. You feel me? And ain't nobody gonna stop because I'm a rocket. You hear me? I take off and that's that. You feel me? Straight up. Y'all got me fucked up. You feel me? And I ain't playing. All that little fuck ass shit motherfuckers be on, I don't condone none of that. You feel me? I don't be on none of that. You feel me? And that's why I be why I be at. Away from all that fuck shit. You feel me? And I get it in. I do what I got to do, and I grind for mine, and that's facts. Feel me? Straight up, I got me fucked up. I'm gonna show y'all that what time it is. <laughs> um, that's so it, man. That was it. And uh, you know what is? Uh, I'm not gonna. I don't even really care. First, this is we got to talk about it because there ain't nothing else to talk about. Number one. So, right. um, really, I don't even. I'm not dumping or celebrating Robbie Anderson at this moment. My bigger question to you guys is: Do you think there's something going? Is this oriented at fans only, right? Is this the fan have the fans have been a little 
hard on him on social media or in that case you see people look even in the chat somebody goes he needs to uh you know he needs to learn how to catch then you got you know is this directed at fans or is there also noise maybe in the panthers building you know i mean i know this is all speculation but what do you guys think i mean it's really hard to kind of you know we know look we know that robbie anderson here's what people say about him on twitter we know that he is on twitter and to be honest robbie anderson in recent years has become a, a de facto voice of many in panthers twitter man him coming out so vehemently against baker mayfield a lot of people love that especially if you're in our camp not wanting to trade more assets for baker um and that kind of brashness uh, that just that that brazen ability to just say what he feels like is on his mind uh, i think a lot of people respect that about robbie but at the same time i think that when you continue to go online and you hear people talking about oh you got the dropsies oh you're underrated but yeah overpaid even someone like me man like when i'm going on twitter and i'm getting into these giant debates with guys from the four-man rush about Ted Ginn Jr. and and Robbie Anderson and who's better. Like, even something like that, as innocuous as it is, players see shit like that. And I wouldn't doubt it if those are part of the things that has him feeling some type of way. If he's a dog, he's allowed to feel slept on and feel like he's being underappreciated and feeling like he has something to prove. And to be honest, I think our entire team needs a little bit of that energy that 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 Robbie is feeling. Now right. again, he's you know, he he speaks from his from his heart, you know, he says it very real, very to the point, you know, straight through the bullshit and it, it might not be how someone would train you to speak to the media or to your Twitter followers. It's authentic and it's real. And I feel like Robbie Anderson has kind of been something of uh, a beacon of our frustration. Because Panther fans feel like we do have so much talent on this football team, yet it continues to be underutilized and underserviced. And I kind of think this is Robbie, you know, lashing out at all of those things that are being pointed at him, be it fair or unfair. I, I worry, though, because of how much it seems to impact him, the outside noise. Like... I, again, I know we're only human, and I'm, I'd am i be foolish to believe that any human being has the ability just to not exist in that stat, in that mindset of, like, I don't care what anybody says. Like, it's no matter what, we care, right? But Robbie seems overly impacted by these, by things that he can't control, right? And... When I look at that from the outside, do I think he's going to shit the bed? I don't know. Maybe it's not. I don't think that he's going to be. He's a bad player because of that. I think he is a distraction all of a sudden. And I think that becomes a bigger issue. Now, his answer to why he was so vehemently against uh, Baker was actually probably a brilliant one. He's like, I'm, I'm, you know. Uh, I'm protecting my quarterback, right? Which I think we all can kind of respect and get behind that he wants to be like, I mean, if he was, if he was like, yeah, let's go get Baker. I mean, how that would be even, that would be a distraction, right? That'd be (laughs) even more of a distraction and a bigger distraction, not just for him, 
but for Sam Darnold as being the guy, right, that, that, that we have. I think he's I think he's answered a lot of the questions the right way. I'm just I'm I'm very much concerned about how easy it is for him to kind of get riled up by these things that he again, he can't control. Right. Um, you know, look, these things are a lot of things in life can be your best assets and your biggest weaknesses. Right. Like the right. whole it's kind of like the whole that's sort of the reason the Greek tragedy is such a powerful story arc is because this greatest strength of the character or the protagonist is ultimately their undoing in the end. Right. Right. Um, so like I have um, so like being emotional is can put you in tune in some ways it can make you uh, like get you up at moments it can motivate you uh to go out there and play well and play with a chip on your shoulder and things like this and at the same time it's like when that emotion takes over then it can also be uh, problematic uh and this always uh the one thing about this is like one is this is what this show is for is for us to talk about stuff like this and i know like people could get upset that like oh man we should you shouldn't talk about small stuff like this but that conversation actually is what gets the what makes the nfl the biggest business in the damn world it seems like that we will even care about all of this but what's funny is there's really no answer to this it's like if he's a robot people we're gonna people are gonna be like oh are you here let me put it this way is that i always say like we always want to get to know players like get to know them as people and persons and to see their the their true selves and their emotion and then when we do and we don't like it we're like i wish you were a robot you know so i think it was like when cam remember when cam was at oh, again of course this is a podcast where we always have to talk about cam but like that super bowl press conference you know what i'm saying is like if he goes out there and just says the talking points, then he doesn't play play with the, like uh, fi- a fire under his belly. But then if he becomes emotional and dejected, he's like, oh, we don't like that. And so right. my social um, media has opened this up so much. Imagine if Steve Smith had social media. Steve Smith used to punch his teammates out, dude. He's in- oh, dude, there are so many players from the past that would have never been able to make it. And like today's Twitter age, like you know they would have said some crazy right. shit. Like Deion Sanders, Michael Irvin, and their heyday. Come on, dude. Um, hey, by the way, shout out to Why Big Jordan on uh in our chat room. He wanted to point this out too. And I would have never known about this video um if it wasn't for him. This is a video of Robbie Anderson. Um, uh, he brought a food truck and gave out some free clothes <laughs> to the homeless and the less fortunate. Um, how do I turn the music off right here? Um, so yeah, Robbie Anderson uh, rolled up with some food trucks, gave people some clothes. So yeah, I mean, again, I think Robbie has a good heart. I think he wants to do good things, and I think that people, or most of all, he wants people to appreciate his talent. And by the way, I don't even like to put everything on Robbie. I know a lot of people like to get really upset at Robbie, but I, I mean, I've I remain consistent on this. The Panthers' deep threat receiver has been cursed ever since this offensive line fell into absolute shambles and the quarterback position went into purgatory. Uh, I mean, those two, the line and the quarterback position, if you don't have a quarterback that's going to consistently get you the football on time, 
Well, then, yeah, you probably are going to have more drops because you're not, you never know when the ball is going to hit you in the hands. There's a timing and a rhythm thing that goes along with all of this. And it's just, I, I understand why Robbie feels like he hasn't, you know, that he's being slept on, that he hasn't had an opportunity to really show what he's capable of but doing. But I don't think he really has been slept on. It's like this. is The only thing right now is that players are going to have to recognize that like when the team stinks, it doesn't matter what – nobody's going to get accolades, right? And the team has stunk for the last right. five years. And so who is it? Like we can only celebrate so many people so much. And to be honest, Robbie Anderson came in here, secured – I mean, is a starting – uh, a starting wide receiver um, and has gotten paid. So like, that's the thing is like, really what's the dumping on is that like, you're not being dumped on. You're not being cut. You're not being, you know, I think, but it's piling on, right. Is that frustration is building right. and it's not just with Robbie Anderson. It's with the fan base. It's with the team. It's with Matt rule. Probably it's up with David Tepper. And this is just one, um, example of that bubbling go you know, bubbling out i think it's cause i, I want to be cautious too is i know that like uh, when saying look it's just because robbie anderson i won't say he's the most uh eloquent speaker right it's um, a very very polite way of saying that yeah. yeah is uh but you know sometimes like well you know what we don't pay him to be a speaker we pay him yeah. to run a four three and cat, you know, is like so. If if he like, I mean, I'm not turned off by the language or the delivery as much as maybe some yeah. people are. And, but you know, it is. You feel me? You feel me? So I feel you, and I feel Robbie Anderson, man. It's like, by the way, everyone needs to have this very same chip on our shoulder on the football team. Like, literally everyone. I was saying this before the start of the last year, Tony, and here I am again, another year later, saying the same shit. Everyone on our team has something to prove. Yeah. Literally everyone. There isn't a single player or a coach on this team that you could mention that doesn't have something to prove. And I like that, man. And by the way, if it takes people on Twitter – being a little bit unfair to Robbie Anderson to bring out that dog in him to make him go on Instagram and say, man, fuck y'all. Wait until y'all see the shit that I'm about to do this year. Then, hey, I like it, man. Maybe everything is in order. Maybe everything is right on time. I kind of feel like everyone needs this energy. This needs to be pervasive throughout the Panthers organization. I don't think this is just fans. I don't think it's just fans. Right. I think it is um, like a media coverage uh -huh. angle too. It's like, so look, is somebody, and the thing that made me think about this is somebody said, I'm so ready to see Marshall, right? Terrace Marshall. And what yeah. is it? It's like now that the, the Panthers.com has the Terrace Marshall uh, ready to take a big step story out. And then every single blog, and ESP from ESPN to Cat Crave is going to run an article on its Terrace Marshall's time to come into come into his own. You see, then you see Robbie Anderson being implicated in storylines that he's frustrated with the team, that he's frustrated with the quarterback situation, and even um, 
continue to be linked in trade potential trade talks for a Sam Darnold. Right. So I think it's not just a fan criticism, but I think it's the fan criticism um, coupled or echoed or intensified, should I say, by some of these larger storylines, you know. Um, so we'll see. It's like I've been I've been a big Robbie Anderson fan. I, don't, I think he I mean, he had a tough season last year, but who didn't? At this point last year is yeah. like, I mean, at the end of the day, and you know, people have even been critical of DJ uh, more about having the dropsies. Like if you drop any, you know, and he had three tough games in the beginning of the season, he did not help Sam Darn. It got to the point when they brought in PJ Walker and PJ completed his first uh, pass. I was like, man, I think he just needs a black quarterback throwing to him. He got a thousand yards with Teddy. PJ, just a just good a, quarterback. I don't even think he gives a fuck about that. I think I it just wants it's a, a joke. It's a joke. It's no, I real. know, <laughs> but like, I, I and by the way, I, you actually brought it up a few weeks ago, and I think you were on to something. And let's bring it up here again. Do you still read this as Robbie Anderson potentially trying to force a trade? Because again, man, we continue to hear all these stupid rumors that the Panthers are the most aggressive in terms of wanting Baker Mayfield and showing interest in Baker. If you don't think Robbie he'd want to go Anderson, play with Deshaun Watson? Oh, I'm sure. And by the way, if you're Robbie Anderson and you've already vehemently made your position known about Baker Mayfield, and now you're in the building and there's a bunch of people that you're hearing are saying, yeah, man, we're going to go get fucking Baker Mayfield. Like, you might be like, nah, like, I'm not about this. I don't want to continue to do this with this you know, carousel of basic ass quarterbacks. Do you think there's any truth to Robbie still wanting to get the hell out of here? Maybe read. Well, you know, it wouldn't be a terrible idea. So let's kind of, we'll use this as a bridge to also talk about the Baker Mayfield, the latest Baker Mayfield rumors, right? So the Baker, there's a new story that came out today and it was like somebody that knows Baker's agents, right? So this is national Enquirer type fodder right is like someone close to the family reports that jen and uh uh brad and angelina jolie were having problems right is so someone who knows his agent now think about that think about how many people an agent knows right like is like oh yeah met him at a party i know this guy he's a smart dude that's what the story says he's like i he's like he's gonna keep him away from what did they use it a hornet's nest what was the what? Yeah, uh, Baker, Baker Mayfield. Uh, I'll read it to you exactly. Um, Baker Mayfield urged to avoid the Carolina Panthers' hornet's nest in potential trade. If if this is worth like someone going on, yeah, you know, someone on ESPN is saying this or NFL.com, and then it's going to be rewritten by all of us and talked about. You think about it in the reverse, right? If this is, if there is any merit to this position, then isn't there merit to a player not wanting to be with the Carolina Panthers, i.e., Robbie Anderson? You know, if if people are saying don't go to Carolina, then why wouldn't you be trying to potentially? Would you be welcoming something to get out of Carolina? And yeah. being the Browns here, the convenient part about this, or the interesting part about this, is like. Most of the times you don't want to get traded away because you're worried about going to a bad team, right? So right. we're trading you to a team that's languishing in obscurity 
for some draft picks or whatever. I don't know. Like they like someone gets hurt, this and that. But the Browns just acquired a top five quarterback in Deshaun Watson. Depending on, I mean, the only kind of scary part of the situation is, um, I you guess you go maybe, there and then you have to be behind yeah, Kobe Tyrod Brissett. Taylor. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's what it is, Jacoby Brissett. But yeah, is that like this is would would if you're Robbie Anderson, you got traded to the Browns next year, and you just or this year, and you said Deshaun Watson's going to have a four game suspension. You're with Kevin Stefanski, who uh, who's like a whisper, right? Like he put together some crazy, awesome offenses with Stefan Diggs and right. Adam Thielen in Minnesota. Wouldn't you welcome that idea? I think it's, there's, there's a fear to it because if you come and you start that first four games and Deshaun Watson isn't there and you aren't performing, well, it's not, you know, you got to keep in mind, there's probably going to be other opportunities and Deshaun Watson is still a question mark in and of himself. Right, I'm not saying he's going to come in and shit the bed, but the dude hasn't played football in well over a year. I do think there's more merit to that discussion than people give credit for. Is like, if right. people are worried about you not playing enough preseason games to knock the rust off, how long is it going to take him? Yeah, that's that's the thing. I mean, I and and to talk about distraction, I mean, the dude's going to have distraction. I don't know what his future holds. Like, obviously, none of us do. But there is a real distinct possibility that Deshaun Watson is not going to be the same quarterback, maybe even ever. And it's going to be easy for defenses to get into his mind, into his head now. Very yeah. easy for defensive linemen to get into his head. <sighs> oh, Deshaun, gonna, give me a massage. Oh, they're going to be saying everything when they tackle him. But I think yeah. if I'm Robbie Anderson... And I wake up tomorrow and they say, you're going to the Browns in exchange for Baker Mayfield. I think I'm saying I've already got paid, right? Like I got my money. It's not like I'm going to a place in a contract year and then I'm worried about my production declining. Right. He's probably thinking this is a great opportunity to be beside Amari Cooper. Right. Yeah. Uh, and um, and with a with an upgraded quarterback, deuces, gooses is what I'd be saying. I think another and by team the that way, would... it's okay. that same thing that we've been talking about when it comes to the Browns. They have a good offensive line. They have had a good offensive line most true? of the time. Is that really yes. true? Yes. The true? only because reason you don't believe that Joe is just Thomas. because they're the Browns. No. It's... The only reason people say it is because they had Joe Thomas, the best left tackle in the league. For no, I'm left. talking the past few years. They have had three offensive linemen get paid, and they also had a big-time draft pick in Jedrick Willis out of Alabama. So, yeah, they have invested on that offensive line, and it has been good for Baker for a long time. That's why for the past two years in a row, they've had the Browns as a Super Bowl contender. It was all dependent upon Baker Mayfield. And, again, didn't get it done. So, uh you know, I think that Robbie Anderson probably looks at all that and goes, yeah, man. Either way, I love it, man. If 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 the Panthers are going to trade and get something for Robbie, then at least we're going to get something for him. If not, the man's got a chip on his shoulder bigger than he's apparently ever had. Um, and I think that benefits us. Uh, Tony, to uh, kind of transition to this Baker Mayfield story, um, so essentially, uh, what was said, uh, this is, 
um, from Mike Sando of The Athletic on a recent podcast. He said, I happen to think Carolina is not a good fit for him. And I know Baker's agents well. They're very competent people. They're good people. They understand it too. I think Carolina's a hornet's nest because I think their coach is under the gun. I think everybody's under the gun. They've got an owner who's ready to press the button any day now on a reset. And if I'm Baker, that can be messy and ugly. That's why I come back to Seattle being the one spot for him. And that makes sense to me. And by the way, if you're Baker Mayfield, that makes sense. There's so much uncertainty around the Panthers because of Matt Rule and David Tepper deciding to keep him in spite of two back-to-back five-win seasons. You know, this at least Pete Carroll has won a Super Bowl and been to another one. Matt Rule has never had a winning season in the NFL. So True. Like, I mean, uh, but there's some things to think about with that. Uh, One is Pete Carroll is... How old is Pete Carroll? He's like, like Pete Carroll might be. He's born NFL. in 1951. So what is that? He's 73 years old. Yeah, he's the oldest um, coach in the NFL. Is that the is the writing? You know, the, the time for Pete Carroll might be limited in itself. So I right. don't necessarily go. Oh well, they're so secure now. I I mean I understand. There's a I mean there's I'm not um trying to undermine the 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 claim that it's Matt Rule is. A dumpster fire, you know, waiting to be fired kind of moment. Like, that's all clear. But I just don't necessarily know if Seattle is this bastion of security at the moment. Right. My my question is more about, you know, and and not to, you know, focus so heavily on Baker. But right now, there is a distinct possibility Baker isn't getting moved. Right. Um, And so the, the question becomes, is it in Baker's best interest to play for the Browns in the event that there is a suspension that does come, come to play because, or do the Browns even risk that? Because I think the Browns give him the best opportunity to look like a superstar for four or five games. And then maybe the Browns have an opportunity to trade him mid season, right? After those, that suspensions up, like does Baker even dare try to do that? Or is it Baker's done? I thought that, uh, you know, I've asked this question myself a hundred times, and it just seems like this is the Browns have decided that they're okay with the guy, with everybody but Baker. Right. Right. It's like they've made the move. We we made the bed. We're going to lay in it, and we're ready to roll with uh, Jacoby Brissett um, in the meantime. Right. I mean, so, like, Baker's not even with the team in any of these activities from what i've noticed or what i said and then baker did say that i mean it's not completely out of the question but they would have to come like hat in hand right last week's show mea culpa right hat in hand um you know i think it's wonder at at this point is how are they not getting the deal done with carolina i'm starting to think this is like why is it that if carolina is so interested why have they not gotten it done yeah by the way, Ian, to add to this, too, Ian Rappaport, every Tuesday or whatever, he goes on Pat McAfee, and you know he talks about this Baker Mayfield situation. And for the past, what, three, four months, Ian Rappaport is one of the, the, the most loudest voices connecting Baker Mayfield to the Carolina Panthers. Like, literally, it's been that way forever. And most of the time, if you listen to Ian Rappaport when he talks, 
he's basically saying that from his perspective, it's the best landing spot for Baker Mayfield. Not necessarily that it is the most likely place for Baker Mayfield to end up. All these reports are not to be believed, man. One minute, oh, the Seahawks are moments away from making a Baker Mayfield trade. And then the next minute, oh, it's back to being the Panthers. And the Panthers, they're really hot and heavy on Baker. Dude, there's a big game being played in front of everyone. And they just expect us to react to every bit of news that drops on this. Or they don't really know anything. They're just drumming up stuff, right? It's like they got to have some content to talk about, too. You know, and it's just like I can for every report the Carolina Panthers are interested in Baker Mayfield, then you see one that they're not. Um, I don't know. I I'm really interested. I'm I just want to know why the deal hasn't been done. You know, if the Carolina Panthers were so aggressively, I mean, look, they've been aggressive in their quarterback decisions for the last three years, right? Immediately cut Cam, bring in Teddy. I mean, that's a semi. I mean, that's a decisive move. Then they. Uh, didn't like what was uh, the what they had with Teddy Bridgewater. You can see that relationship deteriorating. They move on. They try to go. I mean, they aggressively went after Matt Stafford, and then uh, continued to pursue Deshaun Watson through all of this. And it seems like Deshaun Watson picked the Cleveland Browns because they basically said, "We'll give you the money too, and we got a better situation in Carolina." That makes sense. There, if. What's the holdup if the Carolina Panthers really want Sam Darnold? I can't believe it's just the money. You mean you that's Baker if, Mayfield? Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, if they really, really want Baker Mayfield, I can't believe it's the $18 million that are holding them away from it. So so hey, I don't know. I, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Who else has said they were interested in Baker? I guess just Seattle, maybe. Nobody? Nobody. Would so that not waiting. cause you as an organization to maybe pause for a moment before doing anything to get rid of assets and cap space to take on, take on a, a salary of a guy who hasn't really proven beyond uh, being on a good team? Again, I, I what I don't want the Carolina Panthers to continually be is a reason a quarterback fails, right? Like, there's going to be an argument after Sam Darnold, if he fails again this year, if Matt Corral doesn't work out, like there's going to be an argument that Carolina is where quarterbacks go to die, right? Well, I think there's already an argument for that right for now. Sure. Oh right, and and so I'm tired of that being a part of the narrative, and and I'm ready for us to be able to get somebody in. And honestly, Baker Mayfield is a big risk on our team, not just because I don't think he can do well, because I mean he's possibly able to be a Case Keenum type of player who's able to come out there and perform some, you know, really you know perform well but not to an extent to where he's going to take you all the way to the Super Bowl and win it. Um, and so, I, but there's also a higher potential for him to come over and just shit the bed because we have so much uncertainty. The hornet's nest is a real thing that, the, that his agent or whomever that was that, we were, that was mentioning that, that they have to take into consideration. The Panthers, no matter what quarterback we get, they're coming into a very uncertain situation which is where the argument about Matt Corral not starting this year becomes almost relevant. Do we yeah. want him to start in the middle of a hornet's nest, or do we want him to start fresh with a new regime if we end up, in fact, having one by the beginning of next year? And I, for one, would rather see him start for a new regime as opposed to be at any in any way connected to this one. 
And that is relevant. Okay. Now, it is relevant to the story that Baker Mayfield, every year for the Cleveland Browns, and by the way, this is what Cleveland fans will say as one of their arguments, that Baker Mayfield has, has had a different head coach every year that he's been with the Browns, which is true. And that is hard to overcome. Or, well, no, he had Stefanski two years in a row, I think. But at the end of the day, if if he's looking at the landscape and you don't think that the team you're going to go to has a coach with job security, again, it's easy to see why Baker doesn't want to come here from that perspective. Um, and I what also, do you think the benefit for the – so we continue to look at this from two perspectives, really. We look at this from the Panthers' perspective, which the one we're most familiar with. Then we try to think of what Baker is thinking and going through. What do you think the game plan for the Seahawks is, though? All right, so the Seahawks just did a brazen move and traded away um, a star quarterback, an elite quarterback, a top, I would say, a top five quarterback in the league. How about, the, how, how about easily the best quarterback in their history? Yes. Um, and I really think a top five quarterback in the league right now. There's an argument. Maybe he's like on yeah. that bubble. Uh, I'm not mad at that assessment. The age, with, uh, and he's only 33, not only, but 33, 34. So he's in the back end. They go out there and they get a couple of players, right? And Seattle received Drew Locke, Shelby Harris, and, and Noah Font. But they got Denver's 2022 and 2023 first round picks. They're 2022 and 23 second round picks, and they're 2022 fifth round pick. So, like, I wonder what's the hold up, like, what's the or what is their game plan, right? Is like, is that is is this like a a, a rebuild, like, as in we're going to be able to go and pursue a top level talent in the draft in the future when you got all that right? So we're going to go in this next quarterback class and go after one of these guys that everybody likes to link to the Panthers in the future, uh, and is that then you've got, I think, Drew Locke. I think Drew Locke was in the same class. Was he in the same class as Baker and Sam Darnold? Drew Locke in his came out. Uh, Drew Locke came out, I believe, in 2000. And uh, it's the same year Kyler Murray came out, I think, 2019. I'll look it up. So the, but I guess what I'm, how does Baker... How would Baker fit into whatever build they're trying to make, right? Is that are you trying to get through and you say, hey, we got enough draft picks? Yeah, 2019 uh, draft. So 19, 20, 21, 22. So they get them for this year, and then they get a fifth-year option. I mean, was he a first-round pick? No, it was a second round. Oh, okay. So they don't get a fifth-year option on that. So he's in the final year of his contract. Right. So what are you going to do? You're going to bring in two quarterbacks that are just in the final year of their contract. I don't even know how Baker really helps their situation all that much. Yeah. I mean, he's in a shit situation like Baker Mayfield. And that's another thing that we, you know, people fight with me on online about. Like, I just don't believe that you're going to get Baker Mayfield to be a bridge quarterback for one year. I think if, if you're going to convince Baker Mayfield to come to Carolina, especially knowing that he's already put you in the friend zone 
that he don't even like you like that. I mean, I think you're going to have to pay him at least a two or three year contract. And again, man, I'm on well, the going to sit out? Train. Is he going to sit out? I, sit I don't out. know, man. I just, that. I just, I find it hard to believe that if the Panthers are going to trade more assets to get another quarterback that wasn't on your team the year before for a third year in a row, then they envision this guy to be the potential starting quarterback for the foreseeable future. All right, enough of the Mayfield talk. What's next? Is there anything else? <laughs> you ready to do a fifteen dollar fucking Panthers oh, defense? Oh, you want to do the? You want to do the rank the? And th- actually, this will be fun. Let's do the wide receiver rankings. All right, uh, okay. let's go through. I'm gonna pull them up real quick. Uh, go ahead and shame them up while I do that. Yeah, I mean, you know, we uh, it's a Tuesday night. Um. We're out here as we always are every Tuesday night, you know. Got a good number of people watching us. And, um, you know, when you have as many viewers as we have right now and there's no news to talk about, you know they're not here to talk about the Panthers. They're here to get shamed. Talk to them, Big Papa. Oh, well, good evening. Welcome in to the C3 Panthers podcast three weeks before training camp kicks off. You know, that's exciting to hear, but it's also super boring to find out there is literally no news about the Carolina Panthers. But you show up every Tuesday night, nine o'clock on the nose. You come in and you say, hey, what's up? Fuck Sam Darnold. Screw Baker Mayfield. Massage Deshaun Watson, whatever it is. But you haven't hit that like button yet. I have one thing to say to all you kinky mother subscriber shame subscriber <laughs> shame 100 strong viewers 46 thumbs up hit that like button hit that subscribe hit that notification bell for every single time the panthers the c3 panther podcast goes live giving you this panther content we do it for y'all listen man we're trying to get to 4,000 subscribers before the start of the season. We need your help to do so. Be a friend. Tell a friend. Let people know that you listen to the dopest Panther podcast that there is. We've got a real fan community that anyone can be a part of. Let people know. Help us get to 4,000 subscribers. Much love. Please and thanks. Tony Dunn. What we got next? All right, let's rank. Um, we're gonna. This is how we're gonna figure out what our top. We're gonna do the top eight receiving cores in the NFL, and this is how we're gonna do it. We're gonna go through each division real quick and rank each division one, two, three, four, and then we'll take the number one from each division, and we'll try to figure out if we can get eight out of that one and two, and see if we can start comparing that way all right so afc north right here is obviously the teams are buffalo um miami the patriots and the jets and i think strangely um you're gonna be probably this is a hot take right here gosh i'm all right so for me my personal rankings here is that to me is miami's got the best one right uh you add tyree kill with Jalen waddle there we go boom um 
Uh, you also yeah. have Devontae Parker that's been shipped up to the Patriots. Uh, Jacoby Myers is nobody. Um, if you look at uh, the only Stefan Diggs, really, Jamison Crowder has always been a good slot receiver for the Buffalo Bills. I'm, I wonder, is this is this a hot take to say that the Jets actually have a better receiving core than the Bills? Is Stefan Diggs alone enough? And Jamison Crowder, I don't know enough about Gabriel Davis. I actually feel like he was pretty good last year. Well, you remember Gabriel Davis uh, in yeah. that uh, AFC champ? Or no, it was. It wasn't the AFC Championship because that was the Bengals and the Chiefs. The in the divisional round, uh, Gabriel Davis had five touchdowns. Oh yeah, okay. he, yeah, yeah. He he accounted for every touchdown uh, during that game. And by the way, a couple of those plays, my man was wide open. So, do you um, think is there an argument where Buffalo then is better than Miami? I don't. I'm going Miami um, Buffalo then, and then Jet. I would I would I would still say Buffalo by a hair. Just wow. because, just because Jalen Waddle is still young, and I feel like he's still an unproven player. Yeah, he may have had some. They good got Tyreek. Yeah, I, I, I'm saying, but if you consider all of, I mean, so again, Cedric Wilson, he's a good player too. But I mean, just looking at, you know, you have Stephon Diggs. I think Stephon Diggs, uh, he's up there as the best receiver in the NFL. I don't know if he's the best receiver, but he's definitely up there. And I think Gabriel Gabriel Davis is a proven commodity. I do think the Miami roster has potential to be much more explosive. Yeah. But right now, if I'm picking, I'm still, I'm probably still picking Buffalo right now. All right, you're the tiebreaker then, CK, because I got Miami ahead of Buffalo. Uh, Cody's got Buffalo ahead of Miami. You pick it, and we'll put them in that order. Hmm. Jalen Waddle had a thousand yards in his rookie year, 104 catches. By the way, I think he's yeah. I mean, he's, yeah, he's, but Stephon Diggs is is probably Stephon the... Diggs to Tyree Kill. That's the like who's better, Diggs or Hill? And then it's oh, uh, this Waddle is a good or point too. Gabriel Davis. Do, do you consider tight ends to be a part of the equation? I think or he's saying receiving, receiving core. core. Yeah, receiving okay. core. Yeah. Um. I would, yeah. I, listen, it's. I think. I think I got to go with the Bills. Okay. All right, you Bills number Bills. one. We'll do Bills number one. Miami number two. I think Miami might still make potentially a top ten appearance. All right, let's go to the AFC North. This is the easiest one out of anything on the face. Yeah. Of the uh, I mean. Wait, I said the AFC North last time. It was the AFC East. Uh, now we're in the North. So the North, I mean, I think this is a clear consensus. The Bengals, right? Yeah, Bengals all the way across the board. Yeah. Bengals. Um, ooh, what do you think next? Bengals, then who? One Bengals. If we look at this, is all right. So um, it's not the Baltimore Ravens. They just trade no. away their good good ones. All so of them, yeah. It's and almost people, like this. Who's worst in this? Is, is the worst is probably the Ravens, right? Yeah, uh, yeah Ravens for sure. Yeah. Because people were, even though they had a great draft this year, people were knocking them uh, because not only did they trade away Hollywood Brown, but they really didn't add anyone back to that to receiving course. So, yeah, so people have been kind of critical of them 
uh, for Lamar Jackson. He's looking to have a bigger year this year. Yeah, man. Look, dude. All right. So I'm, then, who is this? Is then is it if one is the Bengals, four is the Ravens? Then we're talking Browns with Amari Cooper and Donovan. That's the Peoples. only saving grace for me is the Browns. Like Are, I think Am- Amari uh, Cooper is the only like when you look at that list, I think Amari Cooper has got to be the the only reason the Browns would be the number two, and it's a really not even close. close. Yeah. So who do you think then? We'll say this is uh, who do we put at number two, Browns or Steelers? Can we not just put everybody in a tie for last, and other than the Bengals, like for that division? Wow. Okay, you just don't like any of these receivers. I really cores. don't. Like, I think Chase Claypool yeah. was benefited heavily from some highlights in his rookie year, but since then he's less than extraordinary. Like he's he's been quite honestly a a disappointment in in a lot of ways. Um, so he's the only name I think on that list that you're like, oh, maybe he's good. No, he's not. Um, All right, so I'm gonna say be. that I'm gonna go Browns then too. Yeah. For number and two, and Steelers three, uh, could change, man. Could change. You know, Claypool is could be a great receiver. Like we'll have to see what happens going forward. They are, uh, you know, what the irony of this is is that the Steelers always have a great receiving core, right? And uh, maybe and not. they're able to, they're able to find gems. Like a lot of their best receiving talent never comes in the first round. They don't draft receivers first round. You and feel okay with never, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm completely fine with that. All right, let's go to the South then. So the South uh, is this one. Good Lord. I don't even know if anybody do. makes it. Is This is crazy. All right, so what we've got here is. So I know who I'm picking. Jaguars. Um, you got the Texans. Yeah. You got uh, the Texans have Nico Collins, Brandon Cooks, and John Mechie third, who's a rookie. The Colts have Michael Pittman Jr., Alec Pierce, Paris Campbell. The Jaguars have Zay Jones, Marvin Jones Jr., Christian Kirk. And then you get Robert Woods, which is kind of a big, you know, that's like the big name from the Rams. Yeah. Pretty pretty good. And then Nick Akeem, I don't know this guy, and Traylon Burks. So, Cody, you take over. Tell me what you think. One, two, so, three, and four. Right now, the Jaguars have the most expensive receiving core in the NFL because of the money that they paid to Christian Kirk. Uh, they paid him a boatload of cash. Um, yeah. They gave Zay Jones uh, some good money, too. So, just narrowly, I would say the Jaguars. Um, number two, yeah. I'm taking the Colts. I think Michael Pittman and Paris Campbell are really good receivers. And, um, yeah, I, I honestly think Matt Ryan is probably uh, going to make good use of those dudes, too. Um, right. But then, the argument – oh, sorry. Yep. No, no, go ahead. I would say the argument with the Colts, though, is they haven't had that, right? They haven't had a quarterback to prove that these guys are good wide receivers. So I can't – I can't – I mean, I can sit here and – grade all these guys off potential, but I'm grading them off of what we, what we've seen. And, and, you know, outside of maybe the, the Titans with a, a rookie wide receiver there that they've got coming in. But other than that, like I'm, I'm going to, I'm grading these guys on what we've seen. And, and quite honestly, the only people that have had any semblance of success is the, the Jaguars wide receiver core. They have the most experience out of any of these guys. 
Marvin Jones Jr. Don't sleep on that guy. That is a fantasy football machine yeah. right there. Yeah, man. And, and uh, Zay Jones didn't Zay Jones go to your? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He went to the most catches. Most catches in ECU history it was a second round pick to Buffalo. They were picked. He was bright picked like at the very top of the second round. They have very high expectations with him and Josh Allen. You remember, he, he had that crazy moment where he like yeah. got. I think he's had some bath like, salts or something like that. Or yeah, you got naked and tried to punch through a window in Vegas or some shit. Yeah. Like that. Um, yeah. So he though has had a rejuvenation story. The only thing about this that's funny about this their group is they have three number twos. Yeah. You know, it's like uh, Christian Kirk is uh, is of number two. Marvin uh, Jones Jr. is a great number two, like or he's a good. They didn't number pay two. him like a number two. Zay Jones number two, and they paid him pretty good money. Well, they had it right. I think this yeah, is well, right now. I'm gonna say I think uh, I'm. I feel okay with. I think it might be a little disrespectful to the Colts receivers. Uh, I think there's arguments for the Colts being the best group and the Jags being two. I'm going to go three. Number three, though, I'm going to go with the Titans. I think Robert Woods has got – but, like, Brandon Cooks, is he just um, – is he enough, right? I mean, he's a good piece to have on a team. Man, God, he's played with almost everybody. I'm going to put the Robert Woods ahead of Brandon Cooks at this stage in his career – which is going to go Titans for me at three, and then four uh, is the Texans. You guys feel okay with that? Uh, I would swap three and four. I would really, yeah. So my my ranking is I have Jaguars one, Colts two. The Texans are underrated. John Metchie's a speedster out of Alabama. They got Brandon Cooks. Nico Collins was a really big jump ball receiver for them out of. Uh, Michigan, because I write for the Texans for draft tech too, so I okay. know a lot about their, their their team a little bit. Um, they they're underrated and they like Davis Mills too. So I'll go I'll go Jags one, Colts two, Texans three, Titans four. Okay, I feel I'm good going. With I'm going Jags one, Titans two, Texans wow. three. Well, to Colts three and Texans four. Okay. Um, so there's some, we've got some controversy, but that's a that very one. close, this is a very close, yeah, that division, like, that's not, yeah, that's yeah. close for sure. Now let's talk about this one. What a beast of a division oh. we've got here <laughs> and the okay. AFC West and, uh, right here, man, imagine if we were talking tight ends, think of this is that, you know how, if we added tight ends to this, it would still be. Well, um, I guess Kelsey would help the Kansas City Chiefs, but guess what? The Raiders probably got the best tight end in Waller. By the right. way, who uh, had a, a great story. Her and Tra- Travis Kelsey's on the on the Chiefs. That's what I'm saying. Is like Kelsey yeah. would help the Kansas Chiefs argument, but then at the same time, I right, think yeah. the Raiders got a piece that would combat that. Yeah, this is tough right here. Devonte Adams. Um, Keelan Cole, Hunter Renfro, right? Hunter Renfro is a is a cool, neat piece. Uh, then you got the the Chargers with Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, uh, just Joshua Palmer. You know what is? 
Is it is it bizarre to say? Is it messed up to say that potentially? I think the Raiders have it. I don't think it's messed up. I think there's. I think there's a case to be made. It's Mike still Williams not has, my... a, had a lot of. I, I think the easy pick is for me to just go Chargers, right? Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. Mike Williams uh, has had a lot of. In, I think he's really making a strong comeback. So I'm okay with either one of these being number one. I uh I think that also we might be sleeping on the Broncos, right? Jerry Judy is arguably one of the best uh, in this division uh, in the league, really, just based on what wow. we've seen the past two years out of him. I don't know if you've watched his his stuff, but he's actually a very good wide receiver. Um, Portland and, Sutland puts up big numbers, right? Uh, this Tim Patrick guy, he was he killed us. Um, so listen i think it's the chargers i think the chargers are number one so one i'm you know i'm 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 a big time mike williams fan man the one we won clemson won championships with mike williams but we also literally won uh, against alabama off of a hunter renfro touchdown reception and hunter renfro just got the bag for the raiders too but I am going to go with the Chargers. I think Mike Williams, Joshua Palmer, and, dude, Keenan Allen is routinely one of the nastiest receivers on big-time third and fourth down moments in the NFL, man. Like, that guy yeah. is an absolute beast. And, by the way, I've also seen enough uh, Justin Herbert highlights to know that guy number two on the depth chart, number 15, Jalen Guyton, that's another guy that's had a bunch of touchdowns last year for the Chargers um, on those deep balls that Herbert throws. Yeah, I would go Chargers one. Um, number two, I think the Raiders. I really like Devontae Adams, obviously, with everything he's done. Um, Hunter Renfro is so underrated. Uh, how about this? I think it's kind of funny to say this, but I, I didn't Broncos think it would three. be possible. Yeah, I think the Broncos are number three, and I actually think the Chiefs are at the bottom here in terms of pure receiving core, man. I, I agree. think. I mean, listen, I don't know what you think of Juju Smith-Schuster. It's kind of like you were saying. Yeah, it's like whatever you were saying with the Titans earlier, Tony. It's like none of these guys are number one wide receivers. Valdez, Scantling, Nicole Hardman is a burner. They're hoping that he can be there knock off Tyree Hill. I don't know if that's actually going to work or not. Um, yeah, man. I, I I think Chargers won, Raiders two, Broncos number three, and Chiefs number four. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm okay with it. I still – I kind of like the Raiders because I think Devontae Adams is the best receiver in the NFL. Like, I think he's the number one for me. Like, that's yeah. the guy. Um, but Keenan Allen, by the way, has had five – um 1000 yard seasons um rookie year in 2013 then he had one in 2017 2018 2019 missed it by 8 yards in 2020 with uh only playing 14 starting 13 games back mm-hmm. at it with uh Justin Herbert in 2021 with 106 catches all right, so I'm okay. We'll go Chargers, Raiders, Broncos, Chiefs. All right, next on the list is now. I think that moves us to the NFC. Yep. 
Um, let's go with, we'll Easy start with here. the East. Uh, the East is, uh, mm. what we got is Michael Gallup, C.D. Lamb, uh, James Washington uh, for the Cowboys. You got Kenny Galladay, Kadaris Tony, Sterling Shepard. Not bad group there either. One's always hurting Kenny Galladay. A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, uh, Quez Watkins, and then you get uh, Terry McLaurin, J.N. Dotson, and Curtis Samuel. Who's last? How about that? And I think it might be, God, this is the Giants. Giants. Really? Man. You know the Giants and the Jaguars are spending the most money on the receiver Mm -hmm. position out of any Kenny Galladay does that to you. Uh, I'm okay with that because I would say this is Kenny Galladay has been has been okay from a fantasy perspective, but always hurt. Uh, Redskins next. Terry McLaurin though was nice, right? He just but got I paid too, right? He got yeah. he got paid. Uh, obviously, yeah, got Curtis Samuel's got the injury history, so I would yeah, put if, if Curtis if Curtis actually played last year, I would probably say they might have a case for like the number two. But right now, the top two, you know, have got to be the Eagles and the and the Cowboys. There's just no. This is tough right here, that. though. I think this is, is tough. Is uh, with AJ Brown Lamb and Michael Gallup versus Devonta Smith and AJ Brown. Now, um, I think I'm going uh, Eagles. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I mean, I the only the only thing that I would say is I believe CD Lamb is a better. Uh, receiver, uh, then, then uh, Devontae then, Smith, yeah, um, uh, yeah, and and mainly because we've seen it on a consistent basis from CD, like he's, he's got taken the, more the game prototypical, he's size. and he's got that gene, like he's got that it factor. Like, I think it's he, he's kind of, and I'm not gonna say he's Des Bryant, but he's got that Des Bryant feel to him to where he's like, like you throw to him, he's gonna get the ball, like uh-huh. he's gonna do it. And and so I think that I see that more so than anything. But I, uh, yeah, I think the Cowboys have this one in my the mind. The way that Eagles fans talk about that Devonta Brown, uh, Devonta, Devonta Smith, Smith guy. Yeah. So like, by the way, that's part of the reason why I'm picking them. Uh, I had him rated as my number one wide receiver. I even had him above Jamar Chase in my rankings, and I got a lot of shit for that. To me, he is a nightmare route runner. He's right. incredibly he's incredibly fast. Even though he's 170 pounds, like if you can't touch him, it don't really matter. He's an absolute burner. And when you factor in on top, scroll back up, Tony. Uh, they just went and got uh, AJ Brown to be a part of that as well. Um, you know, uh, Quez Watkins. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, I don't know about much him. about him. J- J- Jalen Rager at one time was a first round pick as well. Another speedster, another burner. Um, I think low key that Philadelphia team is looking good. If if yeah. uh, J- if Jalen Hurts can take the next step, that might be a squad. That's kind of um, the hard part about it. Is is like these are pretty close, and I think like C.D. Lamb and Devonta Smith, you could coin and Terry McLaurin. To be honest, you can coin flip yeah. all these guys as like a top talent on that squad. But then you think of the quarterback throwing to him, you know, is that really uh, they, maybe the Cowboys group gets a advantage because of Dez yeah. over, that. you know. Um, 
I'm gonna go. I'm gonna stick with my Eagles, Cowboys, Commanders, Giants. We'll go. I will go with that order. And then, all right. So let's go to the NFC. I've got North. the same order. Same order. NFC North. Um. Ooh, this is a stinker. Stinker. Mm, nah, not totally. Um. Well, kinda. Yeah. The best receiver in the whole division is Adam Thielen. Oh, no, Justin Jefferson. All right, so this is easy, actually. How about, my, how about my boy Sammy? Tony, did you remember? And let me ask you this before we go. Do you remember before I came on this show full time, I would call into the cat calls line and I would make the case to you and Mel that we had to get Sammy Watkins oh, for Cam? You've always, yeah. Yeah, uh, well, dude. He was supposed to be the next Julio. Yeah. He, or like a like a Julio Odell blend. Yeah. And he was electric at Clemson. I think uh Sammy Watkins is a, a cool neat story though. Is I think he's a guy that had so much they they traded so much to get him, right? So Buffalo did the same thing the Falcons did for Julio just a few years later with Sammy Watkins. So they go and they try to get this replicate it and um you had a guy in sammy watkins who had so much success in college who always was good in the nfl right yeah but continued to deal with injury early part of his career was so injury prone it was just always a story it's kind of like what christian mccaffrey's story is becoming right it's like when you have him He's a great player but i think he's done a lot to rejuvenate his career in a way like or at least salvage it you get um was he not he wasn't with the Chargers at one point. I know he went to he was with the Chiefs and with the Ravens. He won a Super Bowl. He won a Super Bowl with the Chiefs. Um, I don't know what he did then, with the Ravens. Not but it's but he's been a contributor. So like yeah. I think that's a cool it's kind of like a Thomas the Davis Rams. Story. He was with the Rams for a while too. Yeah. Oh yeah. And so it's kind of like the Thomas Davis story is your early career. Is not the best part of your career. It's actually the back end that has saved it to a certain degree. But I'm going to go number one with the Vikings and Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. Uh, I I thought Adam Thielen was done. I thought he was over the hill. Um, uh, Speaking of this, is there is a here's a neat name for you, Blake Prohl. Oh, Ricky Ricky Prohl, kid, uh, who also former ECU Pirate. Left a year, uh, what did not leave a year, uh, maybe he did leave a year early. Yeah, he did. He left a year early, was not drafted, uh, but as an undrafted signed free agent with them. And you know, he talks not. I heard a radio, he came on and did an interview with local radio here, and uh, just boy, the talk about he just is like modeling after he's just watching Adam Thielen. So you got your dad as in this fantastic. So I wonder if he'll be a sneaky story in the NFL in the future as being from the Ricky Pro lineage, mentored by, you know, as Ricky is a great teacher, right? Wide receiver core. Man, he made damn Philly Brown good. Um, <laughs> is Or How helped about, him become uh, good. And Cam did as well. Yes. How about uh, two of the St. Brown brothers in the same division? That's kind of funny. Are they brothers? Uh, yeah, Armin Ross, St. Brown, Equinemia, St. Brown. So, you know the guy, the – okay, there's LaMelo Ball who plays for the – or uh, the the Ball kid who plays for the Hornets. 
Yeah. His dad. What, what was his dad? That crazy dude, Lonzo Ball, I think. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, we know. Yeah. Okay, well, dad. these guys. He was a, a Carolina Panther at one point. Yeah, he was. But the, the St. Brown family, their dad is like the football version of Lonzo, or of the, the ball, ball guy. Dad. Yeah, he's like, they have all been training since they were little kids to be football players. Um, Yeah, I, I, I kind of like that list, though. Um, who's number two? Uh, how about who's I would in switch this? it up it's, slightly. I, I, no, we haven't made a list. All I know is this is just the Vikings. I don't know anything. Uh, so, I guess we, you want to go Green Bay next because of Sammy Watkins only? Uh, Randall Cobb. I mean, come on. Uh, Alan Lazard, like. But okay, that's enough, but hold ancient, on, bro. But hold on, okay. Just like we were talking about Dak Prescott potentially giving that other squad a boost, I think you have to talk about uh, the connection that Aaron Rodgers does have with Randall Cobb and Alan Lazard. Now you add Samuel Watkins on top of that. I would put Green Bay at number two. Um, then I would just narrowly, and I'm talking just narrowly, I'd put the Lions above the Bears. I like DJ Shark. Yeah, me too. Shark, yeah. shark, shark. Um, I thought okay. he was going to be like great. That. With Lions Morris and then Bears. Bears not looking great. Mooney, nah. the only person there. All right. So next on, going next is this the NFC South. Um, tough one here. Uh, we're not tough. Is I think this is I. I think number one you go. Um, oh, I think you have to go. You have to Bay. go. Yeah, Tampa Bay with very little hesitation on that. Yeah, I mean, uh, Chris Godwin has turned into a beast. Mike Evans has been a bastion of consistency. And then you get the quarterback. Um, Now, here's the thing is Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry, um, DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, Terrace Marshall Jr. being the third man. Um, How is this Chris Alave rookie? Is he going to be? Yeah, um, he was my favorite receiver of this draft class. Uh, he was with Ohio State. He torched Clemson uh, two years ago with Justin Fields. Had like three or four touchdowns, something crazy like that. The dude's a beast. Um, okay, so we, we can obviously say Tampa Bay number one. They deserve it. Yeah. Okay. Now I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get a little bit controversial. Wait, I know. You? Yeah, I know, right? Who would have ever thought? Uh, I'm putting Panthers number two, dude. I do. I and agree. I'm, and I'm giving, I, and I I'm giving a big-time fuck it, and it's all feelings, no facts. I feel like everybody else, you know, outside people, non-fans, would put the Saints above us because of Jarvis and, and, and Michael Thomas. Nah, dude, I'm taking DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, and a second-year Terrace Marshall Jr., to be able to step up. And also, I'm also considering guys like Richard Higgins, who I do think is going to play a big part on this team this year uh, on in certain packages, certain down and distances. And, dude, I'm still uh, I'm hesitant about uh, the guy that we picked up out of uh, South Carolina, man, Shai Smith. I know I'm the only one I feel like still believing that Shai Smith can be a good receiver for the Panthers. But I, I really do think that he can turn it on. I like the mix of established talent with underrated talent with young talent to be able to step up and do some big things. 
Um, so I'm saying Tampa one. I'm saying Panthers two. I'm saying New Orleans three. And Falcons can fuck off for the rest of the time. I I don't have a problem with that list. And I think there is, I don't think it's just a fat feelings over facts thing. I think uh, one, Michael Thomas is first. We, we really don't even know what Michael Thomas is right now. He's been missing, right? He didn't even play last. Was it last year he didn't play at all? Yeah. Thomas, all right, you mean? Uh, yeah. Yeah, Michael Thomas didn't play at all last year, I'm pretty sure. And then on top of that, like, then there became the position, the idea that he was just a possession receiver. Right. It's like he wasn't he got this giant contract. People talked about his love for football was one question next. You know, they always like to do that one. But then there also is like, is he just a good possession, like a very good possession receiver? But does that make you a top receiver in the NFL? Right. You know, I don't think Michael Thomas is in the top conversation for top receiver. Right. Um, And I think Jarvis Landry is living on reputation more so than what he is right now last year he had 570 yards receiving uh the year before he had 840 you got to go back to 2019 where he got he was over a thousand yards now he's been a very very consistent receiver from 2015 to 2019 he was in that thousand yard range i just wonder if he's still there uh i feel like robbie and i think dj Moore. i think these guys are just in their peaks right now more so, right. like, um, rather than, like, on the back end of their career. So, I'm going to go and, Bucks, Panthers, Saints, and then Falcons. And, and Carl Van. Do the Falcons have anybody? Really, no. Um, outside of Calvin Ridley. Brian, oh, yeah, that's uh, where he went. Brian Edwards. They, he came from Las Vegas. He's kind of a cool name. Dude, Is this Drake London any that good? Guy. That's their draft pick, the guy that they just drafted this year. Um, but also, okay, like I know we agreed to not mention tight ends here, but the Falcons' offense is Kyle Pitts My, now. Yeah, yeah, like that's that is that like that might he might as well be a receiver for them. Like you, you can't really not acknowledge his presence. But if we're just talking receiver core, and by the way, Carl, um, Carl said, why should anyone believe? And Terrace Marshall Jr., what is he shown? Dude, that's why I said all feelings, no facts, man. Can I prove this to you? Fuck no. But based on everything that we've been hearing from the Panthers players, from the coaches, you know, the Panthers, they're putting out their own propaganda. Whether or not Tony believes any of it, I think Terrace Marshall Jr. is poised to have a big-time year this year. I think Ben McAdoo, and I can't believe I'm even saying this, I think Ben McAdoo, is going to do wonders for our offense. And a lot of the guys that we previously felt were kind of underserviced, I think Ben McAdoo is really going to help some of these guys shine this year. And I think Terrace Marshall Jr. is is among them. So do I know that he's better than some of those other guys? No, but I'm a fucking homer. I'm a Panthers fan. And I'm not putting the Saints above my Panthers. So. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, but you could say that also for any rookie Right, and he had one season, and he didn't play much. He was he had an injury, which there's a lot of concerns. Then he's living that his whole is just on potential right now. It's like what he can be, not what he's done. But I don't think you have to go to the third receiver on that list to make the decision. I kind of am okay with saying DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson are better than 
um, Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry at this stage in their career. I don't think that's like, I mean, but, you know, I mean, I wouldn't go crazy if you guys wanted to flip the Saints and the Panthers, you know, if like someone was going to really argue yeah. to the death. I now feel let's like uh, if, if people in the media or other fans of other teams were making this list, we would most oh, yeah. assuredly be number B3. three. Yeah, I think you're probably right. And I mean, I like could understand their perspective yeah. too. All right. Yeah. So the next one now, um, I think, all right. So cut Lord. Uh, how about this? How about you could be the best group on this list potentially, and they don't even have your best receiver on the list. <laughs> um, where the hell is uh, your boy for the for the Cardinals? Why is he not even on the list? Because he's suspended for yeah, what, pretty six stupid. games. It shouldn't oh. really even matter. I just now realized that. And, and his name's escaping me. Help me out. DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, DeAndre Hopkins. So I think DeAndre Hopkins, Marquise Brown, and Rondell Moore. Rondell Moore is awesome, dude. And then you got the the limping legend, A.J. Green. Um, How about this, man? My fucking Clemson receivers, they're out here running shit, man. How many times has a Clemson receiver been a part of one of these receiving cores, man? Wide receiver, do you, baby? Bro, that Rams wide receiver core looks good right now. It's not bad. Yeah. I mean, like, look, it's Cooper Cup. I mean, obviously, Triple Crown and Allen Robinson. Man, He's, are are they sleep? Or like, what happened to him? Why was he not? And then they. Uh, there's what do you an mean? What happened to him? He was on the Bears team for the past ten years. I know, killing <laughs> it. But like last year, they go and they went and got. So Allen Robinson was on that. Super Bowl team, right? No, no. He just now oh, went to okay. the uh, the Rams this year. Okay, okay. So um one, two, three, and four. And don't forget little baby Lockett and DK Metcalf here. Then you get some cool names with Debo Samuel. This is a tough group here to rank. I think I'm gonna have to go with I want to go Cardinals one for me because mm-hmm. um DeAndre Hopkins, right? You got to add him and Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown. I think that's a, a formidable, formidable duo. Um, then I'm going to go Rams. Um, I'm going to have to say, God, I don't know if I can. I, don't, I almost want to put the Seahawks above the 49ers. Is that silly? No. Tyler Lockett's like the most underrated uh, receiver in the NFL. Dude, Tyler Lockett's underrated, though. He's the number one on that team. Yeah. (laughs) Beside Big DK. Have you heard about DK's diet? Yeah, I was telling you about this. Oh, you were the one that was telling me. Yeah, he's nothing but he he, he, eats like uh, he'll have a coffee in the morning, and then the rest of the day, he'll eat like three big bags of like gummies, like candies and gummy worms. Like, the big, you know, the big bags that you like buy for Halloween yeah. to like dump in the bowls like that. He eats that, and, and then he'll have one meal at the end of the day, like wow. what? And he's like a, a statue, I mean, like a Greek Adonis. Um, all right, you rank them then because I'm having trouble. Am I wrong in saying Cardinals uh, Rams? Should it be Rams Cardinals? I, I tell you what, I wouldn't be mad whatever way you put them. 
Um, okay. I think I, I do. How about this? Cooper. This Cup. is the best division. Is this the Cooper best division? Cup is a bad mofo. It, I think it's between this division and the AFC West. Um, the AFC West, I think, has some good competition. Um, yeah. I, I would, I would just narrowly put. I put the Cardinals number one, but just narrowly, yeah. I, I really do think DeAndre is so special. I don't know how much AJ, uh, AJ Green has left in the tank. Probably none, not much none, at all. None. Uh, but Marquise Brown, Rondale Moore, I think uh, both of those two guys are really fast, really good players. Um, so I, I'll put them number one. Number two, I put Rams. And again, it's basically like 1A, 1B. Yeah, almost I, I, tied. I, it's like yeah, a tie. I wouldn't, yeah, uh, I wouldn't care who you put first. Um, Brandon Ayuk, a lot of people were really high on him coming out of Arizona State. He hasn't really lived up to that potential. Debo Samuel, they don't know if he, if they're going to pay him before the start of this season. Um, so we really don't even know if he's even going to be on that team this year. So for that reason alone, for Debo Samuel basically being the only big name on that list. And part go, running I, back. Yeah, I go Cardinals one, Rams two. I go Seahawks three. I go 49ers four. Okay. I Rams Rams one, Cardinals two, Seahawks three, and, and 49ers and four right. as well. Yeah. So I think this is we're gonna definitely take two out of this division for our top ten for our top ten kind of thing. We're gonna take all right. So here we go. Here are our number ones. Is number one is uh the Bills. The Bengals, the Jaguars, the Chargers, the Eagles, the Vikings, the Cardinals, the Bucks. Um, and that's all right. So those are our number ones. So let's do elimination first. Let's eliminate some of the teams that we don't think we're gonna put number one. I know none of us are gonna put the Jaguars number one, right? Right, Correct. right. Yeah, they'll probably yeah, be the No one's putting the Jaguars like number one. Smart. Uh even though I do like that squad, I don't think any of us are putting Philly number one, right? Right. I'm not. Oh, yeah. Well, um, but I put them in the top ten. So go right, go, go through each of them, and let's, let's, let's take out some of the ones that we know that we can eliminate. So right, Jaguars. So I think we, we can, can eliminate. eliminate the Jaguars. I think we can eliminate um, – Oof. Here's like my top 10. And I don't know if it's in this order, but I'm going to tell you this is I think that you're talking to, I, I, I like the Chargers, the Raiders, the Cardinals, the Rams. Those to me, I feel like have to be in the discussion for top yeah. 10. Yeah. Um. So I we, we agree on those, right? We agree that Cardinals, Rams, Raiders, Chargers should be in there. I think then you go to the question is, do you think that the Bengals and the they're my number one? Wow. Okay. I would um, I would yeah, I would have them very, very high on that list. And then my last question to you about this is just to kind of sift through some of it, is do you th- do you have the Eagles and the Bills? Um Who's higher, Eagles, Bills, or Bucks? Uh, I would say that the Bucks 
and the Eagles probably outrank the Bills, huh? Wow. And then maybe on the outside, you're going to put Miami potentially. Uh, what about mm. the Vikings? How about this? Is Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen yeah, better? Yeah, that's a good one. So we got one. Right now, I've yeah, got this. I would, is, who would you take? Minnesota's receiving core or Buffalo's? Um, See, Minnesota. I think I'd say, yeah, I'd say Minnesota. Wow, yeah. And, and like, Stephon Diggs might – so this is how you were saying Devontae Adams might be the best. I think uh, Stephon Diggs might be the best. But because it's just him, I think we could probably bump them from the list. Here is our top – my uh, the top ten and not in this order, okay? Chargers, Raiders, Cardinals, Rams, Bucks, Eagles, Vikings, Bills, Bengals, Dolphins. See, I just – I don't know, man. I'm not cool putting the Dolphins God, all the way up in this discussion. On Tyreek. I, I mean, I, Waddle this is and Tyreek Hill but... is just like Devontae Smith. And I think it's like. It's good. Tyreek Hill good. is a top five receiver in the league. Yeah, but it's basically how much did you think of Jalen Waddle? He did have a thousand yards. Yeah, rookie. His thousand first yards. Like, why? That's like, I mean, you think so much about the Bengals guy. Wouldn't you say he comparably had a, a similar type season? Who was the Bengals rookie? Uh, Jamar Chase. No, Jamar Chase had one of the best seasons that a rookie receiver has literally ever had. From what, a statistics point of view. Yards? He had 1,455 yards. Jamar? Third, or, uh, yeah, uh, Jamar Chase had 1,455 yeah. yards, 81 catches. 13 touchdowns. And then who I say? Jalen Waddle. Um, now, I'm not saying, like, I'm not trying to say he's better. Waddle's better, but like, I, I think we might be sleeping on Waddle some, is what I'm saying. Um, Jalen Waddle with a, com- how do you spell his? Excuse me. And go ahead Jaylen and start. Waddle? We're going to go ahead and work on next. We got to pick our team and then we'll, we'll do some calls too. Um, he had a hundred. He had twenty more catches than Jamar Chase. He had one hundred four catches, a thousand yards. Now, so he had a less yards per catch, and he had half as many touchdowns. I don't know. Tyreek Hill. Are you saying Jane Lott, uh, um, Jamar Chase is better than Tyreek? Wow. Well, I mean, we're talking about receiving core. I mean, obviously Tyreek has done it a lot longer at a higher level, but I think if we're talking about just receiving core. When you put T. Higgins and Jamar Chase, like to me, those are both of those guys. Like a few of these teams have to me two number one wide receivers. I think the Bengals have two number one wide receivers. I think the Chargers have two number one wide receivers. Yeah. Um, I think the Rams, I mean the Raiders. For, yeah, I think the well, I mean, Devontae Adams is clearly the number He's one. He's the there. number one. He's the best in the league. Yeah, but I'm saying like there are teams that I think you can make a case for one of two players being the number one wide receiver, right? So I think even Miami's like that um, team. No, I just don't. Okay. I don't. All right. Just, well, here. Uh, I'm not saying you're wrong. Miami not, on the they, bubble. They are definitely. How about this? There's no. There's no reason for Tua to not be able to have success with those weapons around him. Do you like right. the Cowboys better than them? 
Then who? Then the Dolphins. Uh, yes. CD Lamb. Yeah, probably and, and so. Michael Gallup. Wow. That's Lamb, crazy Michael to me. Gallup. I think there's like so much Tyreek slander here. Um, wow. And I mean, do you like the Seahawks or the Panthers ahead of them? I don't know if I'm ready to go there. No, definitely not Seattle. Okay. For sure. Right, fun discussion. Seattle. That was fun, fun, neat time. Fun, neat time. Um, yeah. All right, let me go ahead and. Wait, who's your number one? Everybody, everybody, just pick your number one real quick. Bengals. Yes, yeah, okay, I said Bengals. Tony, if you're picking one out of all those, who are you picking? I, I think I'm gonna say Miami. No, uh, maybe it's, I don't know, Chargers. 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 Okay. Yeah, I I agree. I. I agree. I think uh, Keenan Allen and um, Mike Williams. That's and the Cardinals one, are up there right now, man. I want to just By see the what way, Hollywood Brown can do with. We got to see some of these guys. We also have to see in their new offenses. Dude, yeah. I, I I said this on Twitter a few months back. I think Odell Beckham Jr. would be the perfect addition to the Chargers. If you add him to that team, yeah, because they're kind of two big body receivers, so a more fluid. And you're not going to ask him to be a number guy. one receiver. Yeah, you're going to ask him to just get open, you know, and that's he's going to do that, dude. That would be, a, and you would have Herbert throwing him the ball, dude. That would be a nightmare scenario if that happened. But um, all right, you're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast, uh, brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com. You can go ahead and call into the show at 252-228-5098. That's 252-228-5098. Um, hold on, i got to download this cat call. What is today? It's the fifth. Sorry, I've been feeling like I over-celebrated uh, America's Independence Day yesterday. <laughs> um while that's part true. of the internet, uh, while part of the internet has continued to tell us why we shouldn't celebrate the country, I made up for all of them. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and I, I celebrated way into the wee hours of the fifth. Um, all right, two seconds. Carry, carry me for a second. While I just hey, it's not me. your fault that people hate freedom. You know what I'm saying? You feel me? <laughs> You feel me? It's not. It's right. not. It's not your fault, you bro. My, uh, you feel me? My, my neighbor, uh, he puts on a big fireworks show every year. He bought these big dragon-looking things, and we set them off in the street. Nice, nice. They're yeah, illegal here. Fuck. Yeah, they're illegal here in North Carolina too. So, but, yeah, uh, it don't matter. Yeah, the anything yeah. that shoots up into the sky is illegal. Any projectile. Yeah, same here. I thought we could so get to North snakes and sparklers right. only. But yeah. it's so snakes stupid because South Carolina, South Carolina is illegal. Dude, you yeah. could buy fucking every firework imaginable. Yeah. Yeah. And so all you have to do is just cross the border. They I mean, only do that. it because they know they're gonna make so much fucking money off. Yeah, of from people coming out of this. And dude, I think Georgia. Or, I think Georgia. You can't sell them either. So both of the bordering states. You have to go to South Carolina to get fireworks. Have you seen that? I love that video of the guy in the wheelchair where they oh, get off the firework and it's like a uh, battery dies on the chair or something. And he just has oh, this, Lord, Terry. Just, <laughs> <it's there. laughs> All right, let's go ahead and get into the call. Did you see my, my tweet about that yesterday? No, no, I didn't. 
So maybe after this, we can play the video and I can add some. But we'll do that. Let's do some calls and then after right. that, I'll, I'll, right, I'll play we... the video. Here we go. Are we supposed to be hearing something? You can't hear it? Nope. No. Nope. Nothing? Nope. No. But here you. It's no cat calls. What? Really? Yeah. All right. Well, no cat. Hold on. Hold on. Put hog in the cat calls, Tony. I don't know what's going on. It says it's pumping through. It says B channel. Lord. Oh, you know what? I know what it is. Um, give me just a second while I change my microphone settings yep. and stream yarn. Chat room. How was your fourth of July, man? Did y'all have a happy Oh, pull up day? the video. The Terry thing? Ah, uh, here oh, we go. One? I got it. I what video? It. Yeah. There's um, lots of videos on the internet. I thought that's what you were saying, the Terry thing. Here, I think I got it right now. Uh, yeah, we'll play that in a minute. But um, you can still hear me. Yeah, I hear you. All right, let's do this. Baker, oh, clarify one thing. Um, hey, can you restart it? Yeah, restart it. Oh, yeah, it's pretty. You shouldn't do that, to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Yeah, there we go. So, how do you think cackling makes the person feel? It feels good, like. Hey, what's good, fellas? Corey calling in. Wanted to uh, follow up. I think it was last week's call that I had talking about Baker. Uh, clarify one thing. Um, the stat that I gave out, yeah, it's 250 yards a game average. So Baker Mayfield has not averaged more than 250 yards passing a game since his rookie year. That was his, his most explosive season, I guess, passing the ball, you could say. Y'all should know me better than that. Obviously, I ain't going to come up on here and just say some stats. That ain't, that ain't true. He's going for 300 yards. But, but, but my point is that he's not the type of player that pushes – like, he, he, he's not an explosive player. Like, he doesn't – he – He's a he's a quote unquote dink and dunk quarterback that struggles with accuracy, and it's it. I didn't even yeah. say that stat. It's it's not even like a um, like a cherry picking stat. More more so, I think it kind of encompasses the kind of player that he is. Now somehow Cam Newton got involved in the comparison. Now obviously they're not the same kind of player. Nobody's gonna you know compare apples to apples with Baker and Cam. But Cam, he's another guy who hasn't who who didn't throw for more than two hundred fifty yards a game after his rookie year. He did. He had the exact same thing as Baker. Um, the difference between Cam, obviously, we can point to Cam struggling with his accuracy. We can point to Cam not always having the best passing numbers. But the same people that, you know, we, we, we deal with all those um, people saying shit like that all the time. We can always go back with, you know, what Cam's impact of the game is. He was throwing two fucking receivers at the recycling bin. He's our best running back, all these different things. But it's like with Baker, he, he struggles oh, with accuracy as well, like, Throwing for 60% in this in 2022 in, in this era of the NFL is not good. You need to be up close to 65, 67. Like, those are what the top guys in the NFL accuracy-wise are throwing. Like, 60%, that shit ain't cutting it no more. 
So we're talking about a guy who doesn't have the physical tools that will that can make up for his his inabilities, right? So he's not big, right. he's not strong, he's not fast, he doesn't run around, and he struggles with his accuracy. Now that he's not terrible, like I'm saying, I'm not I'm not calling saying all this to just shit on Baker Mayfield because he's he's the like he's almost like the definition of a mediocre quarterback. But his biggest thing is consistency. He 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 struggles putting the ball in the right place consistently. And he doesn't put up big numbers. He, 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 his interception and touchdowns is always like close together. He doesn't, you know what I'm saying? Like he, he's not the guy that we need. That was my biggest point. But um, honestly, I think, I think uh, everybody's kind of on the same page. We're just kind of splitting hairs when, when we get to the Baker talk. I think honestly, at the end of the day, man, we, we just ready for this shit to, to go one way or the other, man. Hey, like, man uh, dude. I, I want to know either what we're working with, like going forward with him or without him, um, I, I'm tired of the, the the chicken games, man. But hopefully we we can make the right decision. Y'all keep coming out on a great time. Ah, uh, yeah, great. Shout time, out. Man. That was that Jay. That was Jay Anderson. Corey, that's Corey. Corey, yeah. Shout out Corey, man. Dude, your call was awesome. I thought it was awesome last week, dude. I um, you know, to me, it, it baffles me that people think that Baker Mayfield is the answer. It really does, man. Context is key. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you, you can't dismiss all the talent. Say what you want about the Browns. There was good talent around Baker Mayfield for a long time. And if you want to say... Eighth huh? ranked offensive line in the NFL last year. Yeah, I mean, dude, they, they have a good offensive line. And Baker Mayfield doesn't have any elite traits. He doesn't have a, an absolute a cannon for an arm. He's not overly mobile. He's got a lot of uh, a, a lot of things that I, I really feel like don't translate well if the game is on the line. And, and I think that that matters, and that's something that the Panthers have not had in a very long time. And I'm just not I'm not into trading for another quarterback. A third year in a row. It's tiresome, man. I agree. All right, let's go to the next call. Hey, guys. Uh, it's Friday, June 1st. I'm listening to you guys' podcast. I always said that it takes me a few days to go through. This is Baby Rhino. Um, you guys are talking about Deshaun Watson. I I don't know why I just thought of this. I don't know if anybody's even addressed this. But there's got to be a reason why Deshaun Watson and his camp asked for guaranteed money. There has to be a reason because they either knew that this was going to continue and that he wanted to be set or he just, you know, I, I don't know. It just seems planned to me. Uh, let me know what you guys think about that. Uh, it's just a thought. Take it easy. Uh, well, I think that everybody, the, the kind of trend, if you look at the other leagues, who have stronger player, like collective bargaining agreements, they get guaranteed money. Um, they get a bigger part of the share of the of the pot of money than the NFL does, right? Um, so NBA contracts are fully guaranteed, right? I think the, I mean, they get that like super mega con, the max pay contract stuff. Baseball contracts are fully guaranteed. You see like absurd numbers. Yeah. And I think there's been... Um, sort of a trend 
towards that, like some, they're trying to do that in the NFL. And I think the NFL is trying to um, steer clear of it, right? Like they're doing their best. Organizations are doing their best to avoid it. Now we've seen a couple of instances where it's happened. Uh, Kirk Cousins was one of the first people to do it. Now Deshaun Watson. The guaranteed money is uh, is crazy, right? It's like, uh, th- and this is what's driven me nuts about the Deshaun Watson thing is like, not only has all of this happened, but he got traded. It, like, there's been, there's almost no punishment. It's just been reward, right? I mean, he had a financial windfall. He had a bonanza by getting all of it, all of the, and all of this. So that was crazy to me. I think Deshaun Watson is that look is that when. It's like the opposite of Baker Mayfield at this point is Deshaun Watson could get whatever he wanted because he had multiple people trying to get him. And uh, Baker Mayfield can't get anything he wants because nobody wants him. Dude, um, you almost wonder if the Browns, though, if there's an argument to be made that they're financing his settlements. I think so. But listen, I, I feel like people are talking about, oh, the Browns must be regretting all this. Dude, if he only ends up getting eight or 12 games, like they're kind of saying he will, it was, dude, this this whole thing was a part of their plans from yeah. the beginning. It was worth it for them. They knew that there was going to be some kind of suspension. Again, no, Deshaun Watson could be an absolute trash, terrible human being, and he's still a top five quarterback in the NFL. And, you know, it, it just goes to show like I got to see it the again. only thing that matters, the only, I, I would, I would, I'd put him up there as with Russ or better. I mean, Russ has a Super Bowl, but I can't, we can't hear you, CK. I don't know if yeah. I'd have Russ in top five either, to be honest with you. Yeah. I just think this is like uh, I always talk about recency bias in the NFL. I need some recency bias though on this. Like I need to see just Sean Watson play again. Like, yeah, that's after it. all this, it's yeah. been a while. So, well, that um, and you've got to keep in mind too, right? The 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 track record with the massage with the massage therapist. Granted, do I think he's going to turn around and be in this type of trouble? No, but it leads to a serial sexual offender of some sort. Like there's. There's something more wrong with him than they're they're letting on, right? Like the idea when or maybe he's like a sex addict. That's um, what I mean. I'll like tell you what's wrong with him. I tell you exactly what's wrong with him. You do this seventy something times and you never have sex. Dude. Tell, <laughs> like no, what is that? It's like dude, nah, here's the like, thing. Just, well he did like, with some of them. And he's like, nah, uh, I'm good. I don't no. want to cheat on my girlfriend. But no. if you just watch me jerk off. It'll be great. Here's the thing is if it's that in depth, like if, if, if he needed to do this and do the massage therapist Avenue, the dude could have just gotten on Instagram and gotten any girl like dudes, a a highly sought after quarterback, right? He could have just walked downtown and found a girl. He's just gotten prostitutes. Right. So the dude has the capability of doing that. Famous. Right, right. So but like, the fact that, that he that, went the route that he did tells me that there's something deeper mentally that's yeah. going on with him than he just. Fetish. Yeah, it's and that doesn't go away because he got caught. He's got a fetish. Sorry, um, it's one hundred percent a fetish. It's, it's you know, and CK is right. If he wanted to have any woman in the world, 
he could. And by the way, if you see his girlfriend, she's yeah, drop she's dead though. gorgeous. Yeah, she's a yeah so it, you know, I, it, he definitely has a particular thing about massages. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and I, it's, uh, maybe this is gonna be. Maybe this is the one. I don't know. It's just strange to me. Like, just go get laid, dude. Um, next call. Hey, everybody. This is A.U. Lincoln calling from North Alabama. Middle of a rainstorm. So hopefully this everyone on the show had a good fourth. I know I did. did, and it's good to have a fourth in this country and not overseas. Thank you, military. Um, have I heard any ginormous news? coming from the front office or anything. Sounds like we're still in the Baker fight. I don't want us. Please no. I don't want a cancer in the locker room. Please no. Um, let Sam and Matt Corral duke it out and see who wins. Um, I know this is a see-through Panther podcast, but man, college football is shaking up, which will likely affect the pros in some way, shape, or form. So I wouldn't oh, mind yeah. your guys' opinion on that maybe later. Um any other questions sure. or any other concerns, but uh, keep pounding everybody. Cover me I for hate, a sec. I hate college football. And when I mean I hate college football, I love to watch. Like, I like watching it. I don't follow it as uh, a national. It's kind of too big for me. One of the things that I like about the NFL specifically is, like, I can, like, the teams have manageably sized rosters that yeah. have a core group of players that are – are around long enough to know them. So I know some of the stars for other teams, you know, is that with foot with college football, there's just so much natural turnover by new kids coming, kids leaving. Yeah. Right. It, and then there's so many teams and then there's the, and the rosters are like almost triple the size or double the size of an NFL roster. It almost, it's like so overwhelming to me. So with college football, I try to, just key in on my my college team, the ECU Pirates, right? What is infuriating about college football right now to me, and I don't know, I haven't formulated my whole opinion, but the whole super conference stuff that's going down, where now we're potentially going from the Power Five, which is not going to be called the Power Five anymore, but we went BCS to the Power Five. Now it's going to be like, what, the Super Four or something? I mean, whatever they're going to call it next. But they're trying to consolidate even more into these four mega conferences. Um, yeah. And it's irritating to me. And the reason it's irritating to me is because it's so money based. Right. right. And maybe that that should. But I like for all those years that people told us that you should never pay college athletes. The NIL is going to ruin it, like all of this or whatever. Name it like all of this. Oh man, they get an opportunity to get a great education and a scholarship and all of this. It's all money, right? Like, it's like yeah. the whole thing is about money. So, like, the people that touted that, right? That like virtue signaled the scholarship. Yeah. These places are bazillion dollar organizations. I just like it's almost to the point, and because I work in education, I work at, the, at a collegiate level. Is I almost just feel like they shouldn't even call it college football anymore. Like it's like or, or like it's it's like sponsored by this college. Well, I mean it's semi <laughs> it's semi pro football. Right. It's right. Yeah, it's it's semi pro football. Um and listen, I'm all for it. Like I'm 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 to the point where change is inevitable. It's just inevitable, and there's no way 
that you're going to get around it. And by the way, Tony, I used to be like you. I, I've, I've never told the story how I got into college football. I might not do it tonight, but, the, you know, I, I got into college football after I got into the NFL. And I and remember Wagner. I used to think I used to think the same thing as you. Like, nah, I'd rather see professionals play the very best of the best. And, right. you know, I, I just you – know, college football wasn't my thing. But when I became interested in it, dude, it's easy to see why people prefer it. There's an energy and a feel to the rivalries of college football and the atmosphere. Oh, sure, sure. And, dude, it's just so fun, man. And when you get into it and when you actually have a team that you love, and, dude, it just gets so much fun. Well, you're, it's a easy to say that, too, when you've had a team for the last 10 years that's been a national championship contention. Now the hard part is this. You're talking about here is if we should go to the SEC or not and things like yeah. this. Those are that's a you know what it was a lot it was a lot more fun to have this conversation on this podcast in 2015 where we're winning every game, right? So you got to think too from the perspective of like and I like I'm, I'm just saying college football is just so much to follow like it's just so right. much. There's so many teams. There's so many players. Yeah. It's hard to just keep up with it. Uh, on top of that is just like right here is I'm at a I, my alma mater ECU has a rich kind of history of football right is like we are a team that has not had the talent and the resource or the you know like we don't get the top recruits we don't have the resources and the facilities and all of this and somehow we've had some remarkable kind of teams come through here and we got a, like a great atmosphere right? Like this place gets lit where it used to when it was full. We've had a, a kind of a starving period, which has been tough. But, you know, you've got we've had one of, look, Chris Johnson went to ECU. He's like arguably had one of the best um, seasons in the history of football for a running back. He had 2,500 rushing yards and 500 receiving yards. I mean, like, what the hell? He had 3,000 yards that season. Um, you had um, Dwayne. We had Dwayne Harris. We got the list goes on from David Garrard to Jeff Boy. So we the only thing I hate is it just feels like this now college football, the big fish are have eaten, like have taken up all the resources for the little fish. Right. And yeah. that's just the so, tough part is like, you know, it's neat. I bet you it's neat to have a team that could potentially win the national championship. The ECU pirates could go undefeated and, and never, never make the playoff. Yeah, never make the playoffs, yeah. and if they did, still get stomped. Are well, know, but like but Tony, that's is an example of this. But Tony, that's changing too. That's not about to be true either, because another thing that's kind of um, around all of these uh, decisions being made around college football is that it's inevitably going to expand the playoffs to eight teams. So now you're gonna, I feel, start to see more of those teams that if you did put together, like a few years back, UCF, uh, University of Central Florida, they went Yeah, undefeated. where they had the parade. Yeah, yeah they, they went on. Yeah, they but they would have gotten murdered. They would have gotten and murdered by, like, so I think that ex expanded to eight. Is, it's cute, but it's also window. It's not like March Madness where there is like Cinderella, Cinderella story. story. It's, it's yeah, too difficult. The these big giant um, schools are able to get so like they're worse. They have like we've ever had like a five star recruit at ECU. I don't even think you know what I'm saying. The so, only one was somebody who got in, in trouble 
and transferred here. You know, it's like, yeah. so is that you're always the underdog, but it's fun. It's still fun. I like it. I, I like is, but what I don't like is to see conversations of teams like um, Carolina, uh, Clemson. Like I almost, I feel like the ACC is supposed to be a good conference. The ACC is supposed to be a good conference, and especially what I get sad about is the ACC has historically been the best basketball conference in the oh, yeah. in in America, right? It hasn't been the best for the last couple. It's more parity this the last few years. But when I see Carolina, their football team sucks, dude. Without Julius Peppers and uh, um, and Lawrence Taylor. These guys haven't been anything. They are a wine and cheese factory. They were they have better the last few years, but yeah, for the most part, they're their not. fans stink. They're what pussies now, uh, but still, like, <laughs> their basketball history. It would just see. It would be crazy to see Carolina not in the ACC anymore. Yeah. So, by the way, that's all the rumors. Um, is that now the SEC? So, by the way, just to kind of like tell everybody what exactly we're talking about. Um, so it was put out today that the Big 12 is in deep discussions to add six teams to their conference. Uh, and they're all from the Pac-12. It's Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, Oregon, Utah, and Washington. So it's looking like the Big 12, the Big 10, and the SEC, they're essentially going to make these super conferences. Well, there's even rumors now that the SEC, they're going to reach out to Clemson and Florida State and, you know, Virginia Tech and try and get more of the ACC schools into the SEC. And by the way, if you're Clemson, you're going to do it because it's literally the difference between making, you know, $35 million in TV deals versus $100 million that you're going to make from being in the SEC. That's money that's going to go towards your, you know, all of your facilities and, you know, everything, building the college up. It's all about money. Like you said, is when the, you started talking about it. Is the TV revenue the a potential bubble that could burst? Because, like, I just wonder I this. So. is I just wonder. I know the TV deals have been so lucrative. And maybe it's just a shifting landscape. Maybe they just will continue to be lucrative. But instead of it being television, it's like Amazon, Apple. Right? So you're still yeah. consuming the product. It's just like right. it's still going to be put on a television in yeah. a bar. But it might just be via the Internet versus the airwaves right. or direct TV. But it almost seems like, too, is that they believe that there's an endless money pot for sponsors. Like, you almost just wonder, like, how is it? Are they wrong? Yeah, I mean, I guess people are going to watch. I mean, people are going to watch. They just got to make sure that they find a way to own that delivery system, right? Is like, how do we make it? I just kind of think of like this. Is it kind of like what happened to the music industry? You know, the golden era of the music, like when artists made the most money, is also when the record labels made the most money. And it was oh, yeah. when they sold physical albums. Now, yeah. the artists make money differently. They go, it's by playing shows and getting live audiences and merchandise, merchandise. and concerts. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like Spotify streaming. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Spotify, so, yeah, but they don't make, they don't, they, yeah, they really? don't, but our artists, they don't make shit 
off of Spotify. In comparison to what they used to make per album. Well, but even right? the it's biggest, like, like, even if you're the most listened to artist on Spotify, that check that you're getting from Spotify is not very big. It's not, it's not crazy. Most of that money goes to the labels. But, well, but, but yeah. to, interesting. To, to the football point, though, it's like football is such an institution. You know what I mean? Just like, yeah, even during pandemics and all this shit, no, it's the, just NFL, sacred, the NFL just kept rolling along, dude. And again, like, you have to think a lot of these college teams, they have been around something like there are some that have been around. 50 years longer than some of the oldest NFL teams. Right. Like, you're talking about colleges that go back like 150 years or some crazy shit like that. So, you know, it, it's, it's so deeply entrenched. And by the way, if you add more playoffs, that's even more games, that's even more sponsorships, that's even more money for the players making NIL deals. And it's like there's so much money going around that, yeah, change is inevitable. And yep. and the, the money is going to continue to be what pushes all this change. And yeah, it does not look like this is going to dry up anytime soon. Have you heard anything about the NFL potentially expanding? I know we've had continued conversations in the past years about them trying to get more of a footprint in further into like, North America, Mexico, London. You mean like um, expansion teams? Yeah, like is that uh, it seems like Robert Kraft is like it says this is an article on uh, Bleacher Report and it says New England Patriots owner Robert Kraft pushing for the NFL to expand to London seems a perfect opportunity to play. Uh, so um, they said this is so that would be it, right? Um, no secret the first <laughs> franchise lo- relocation is headed for Los Angeles for that reason. will take at least two billion owners to get fed up with local governments. Minnesota, maybe. I mean, like, so they're asking this is will there be new teams at it? And I think that would be hard. Like, you'd have to add four. Yeah, but like and where? add one to eat. Yeah. Like you have like, to create a new division. Like, how did, would it even work? Like, how would you add enough for like it works with the teams, four team divisions? You would probably have to get rid of divisions and go to conferences. But, dude, they keep on doing this thing where they float out London as, like, being possible for having a team. Dude, I just don't know how you do that. What One, what division do you put them in? Two, you're talking about the jet lag. You're talking about, dude, I read an article last year that talked about all the different things that would actually go into putting a team in London. And, dude, it's a logistical nightmare. I just don't know how they're going to yeah. continue to do that and have a schedule where the players, not only for the London team, but for the visitors that are in division, that are having to go over there. I, yeah, I don't it's know a how night- do That's it. a nightmare, but you could do, like, Austin. You know, there's some t- yeah. there's Austin, San Diego, uh, our teams that are cities that could be. But I still think it's like, how do you add to the NFL? Right. It's like we got it's That's, like a perfect amount of teams. It's even it's equal. I mean, I, it's the, it's, I mean, how did they do it before when they added the, you know, Panthers and the Jags? You know, I think right. that I, well, I think they that had to reorganize in, it. Yeah. I mean, it's not impossible. I, I think it's a, a task. Um and I don't know, like, here's the thing is we're in such a giant, I mean, I guess a 
such a connected world. I think it would be hard to get people to want to be a, te- a fan of a team nowadays. Like in the 90s, it wasn't going to be difficult because access to information was a little more limited. Now it's not. I think people, if they're interested in watching football, they're going to watch football and they've already got their, their team uh, that they want to they wanna follow. I don't know that I don't know that a new team is going to impact the way the world works, you know, in, 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 in the in the current landscape of fandom. I wonder what would be the incentive too for the owners to say we want to split the revenue more. Um, you know, like, probably is that... more isn't it doesn't it always just equal more money for them down the road? Like yeah, they're splitting more, but it's 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 more games against more teams. Uh, they're still going to be. By the way, they're still going. So if you're the away team, and you're selling tickets, you're still getting a part of that money when you're when you're when tickets are being sold, even at opposing team stadiums. So I would imagine that there's if if they would do it there's going to be enough financial upside for them to be like, yeah, sure. We'll do this. But I don't know. Have you heard anything? Like I haven't really heard heard anything major about this. Yeah. I've heard some people saying there's murmurs that expansion could be like on the horizon for the NFL. I do kind of have some breaking news. It's not really breaking. It's by an hour ago. So today Ian Rappaport was talking about Baker Mayfield and he said the Seahawks do not want Baker Mayfield, that they just do not want him. Well, Josina Anderson is coming out directly refuting this, saying this is inaccurate, though I can see why it may be necessary to float this now. One, in case the Seahawks don't get Baker Mayfield. Two, because if number one happens, it helps to manage the path ahead with their current situation. Three, they're still trying to figure out how I know and heard this shit. So I believe that. Um, I've long believed that Seattle was the most thirsty for Baker Mayfield, but yeah. I also don't believe that they would just put that out that, uh, yeah, no, nah, we don't want him. Nah, we don't need him. And even if they did, like Josina said, it's only to manage the narrative that like, yeah, we never really intended to get Baker Mayfield. So yeah, yeah. We don't, Her we nails are so long. She has that? Edward Scissorhand nails, dude. Like I've seen, like I saw her on TV the other day, and it was just like, like how do you? Yeah, I can see him in the. I can see him in the. Yeah. (laughs) All right, uh, let's keep going with these calls. Yo, 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 yo! C three Panthers podcast. What is up, Cody, Greg, CK, and Tony Dunn? Man, this podcast brings me so much joy on Tuesdays and Fridays. Getting to talk about what is my first love in my life, my Carolina Panthers. Growing up as a fan since I was four years old. And, man, we, we in this QB carousel still don't know what we're going to do. Baker Mayfield rumors will not go away. They are coming back. And now that Seattle has said they have no interest in him, I am starting to get scared. Because, as I said, I am on the neutral side. I'm all for Corral, baby. At Cody Lashney, I'm all for Corral. But, listen... If we want to win some football games this year, maybe Mayfield does give us the best shot. I'm still so confused with the whole plan of what we're trying to do and what's going on. Training camps around the corner. But, yeah, man, keep pounding, and I'll see you guys. All right, man, he's got to keep pounding. 
What's up, C3? I just called in a little part two of my call. I know Tony doesn't like when I add um, a couple extra parts to my calls, but I got to I gotta get out what I got to say, man. The last thing I want to say is, please, one of you four people on the podcast or how many or else, how many people are doing it tonight, answer this question for me. With the quarterback room right now, how many wins do you project for this team? Because I've been getting into so many arguments with people on Twitter, calling me a dumbass, saying that three wins is not a possibility, we aren't this bad, blah, blah, blah. But I can just, I'm looking at the schedule, and no one can deny this schedule is a lot uh, more difficult than last year. I mean, we're facing a lot of offensively dominant teams with good-ass quarterbacks and good receivers and this and that. So, I mean, man, you tell me right now. I'll tell you what my prediction is. 3-14 and 14 with Sam Darnold and Corral. Prediction that Sam Darnold will get benched week three and Corral will take over. But with May- Baker Mayfield, I'm projecting nine wins. And the reason I am is because y'all make Sam Darnold to look – y'all talk about Sam Darnold as a middle-of-the-road pack quarterback. Well, I'm here to tell you he's not. He is a backup. He is a ring pop at your local CVS. That is what he is. Baker Mayfield may be a mocha frappuccino, but I'd rather have a fucking mocha frappuccino than a ring pop. So you tell me. Uh, uh, yeah, not a big fan of ring pops, for sure. Uh, so Mine is six. I think we're a six-win team. And I think it's because our coaching staff improved and our offensive line has improved. Like, dude, these, I don't like these questions. I got to be, I don't like them. And the reason why I don't like them, shout out to Anthony. I mean, Anthony's my guy. Comes on Friday, free for all. We go back and forth on Twitter all the time. But I just don't know what I don't know. So, okay, yeah, I don't have a lot of reason to believe in Baker Mayfield. I mean, uh, Sam Darnold, rather. And no one does. And we know this. But I don't know who Matt Corral is. And I don't know that an NFL schedule and that this NFL playbook is too big for him. I don't know that. It might be easy to assume that. And, yeah, he's a rookie in the NFL. There's no doubt that he's going to make mistakes and that, he's going to make some boneheaded rookie moves that you would expect from a rookie. But with that said, I feel like this offense can be very easily managed by a quarterback that gets the ball out quick. We're running the football and can pick times to chuck it downfield with enough arm talent. I feel like Matt Corral is all of those things. So, I don't know how many wins I think that we're going to be good for this season. If you're just saying Sam Darnold, yeah, I think we're probably the same record that we were this year, probably five or six wins. And that's if Sam takes even a marginal step forward. I think, look, is that the team, the first way to answer this question where I think we could think about it is, is the team better this year, better poised to win on any given Sunday this year than it was last year? And 
I'm going to say yes to that yep. question, right? Is that um, Matt Rule? No, no change in Matt Rule's status, right? So he's a wash, maybe even on the down the decline. But I think adding more experience coaching with Ben McAdoo um, and the offense, like it might not be, he might, you know, Ben McAdoo's not going to blow you away and be the best coordinator in the history of the world. But I think he's going to be competent enough to where the offense is not going to be as weird as it was last year, right? And I think inexperience was a big part of that. I think you add a lot of coaching hires here, like our special teams coach improved, our offensive line coach improved, Steve Wilt, secondary coach improved, right? So I think our coaching staff is better this year than it was last year. I think our offensive line right now on paper and talent and it just is better than it was last year. So I think with all of that, and I don't think that the defense, maybe the defense is not as good as it was last year, but it's probably not a giant step backwards either. So I think the team overall, my answer to that question is better poised to win on any given Sunday. So I don't see us necessarily like on, even with Sam Darnold being three and 14 necessarily, but when you look at the schedule and it's kind of a, it's a brutal schedule. They got to go out and play the other teams. Now we're all basing it off of everything else. Um, but really like the easiest teams on our schedule, maybe uh, you could say the Browns, if they don't have uh, Watson helps, but like you got the giants in a complete rebuild mode, you've got uh, the saints. So the giants and the saints and the Falcons, and the Lions and maybe Steelers, right? But other than that, like those are the other games are all fighting an uphill battle, man. You got to fight. You got to play the Cardinals. You got to play the 49ers. You got to play the Rams. You got to play the Bengals. You got to play uh, a Ravens team, maybe, like could be in that conversation. Seahawks, maybe in that conversation. But the Broncos, that's, you know, I, I bet you we're not favored in any games next year, right now. Right. So uh, I'm okay with look is I could see us taking a t- I've said six. That's been my kind of predict- prediction is six wins. I can see a world where nine or 10 happens and I can see a world where three or four happens and it just all falls apart. Uh, but I think probably the safe is right in the middle of the road for me. So I'm saying six. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I agree with that, but I, I just uh, Baker Mayfield, everyone's thinking so short term. And that oh well yeah we might be okay enough to have a good team this year. Well, you could say, well, say he adds three wins to the team. Well, yeah, everybody just wants wins. to see the Panthers be a good team again. Yeah, and they want yeah. us to be a playoff contender again. But at the same time, I'm thinking about our future, and uh, I'm thinking. Man, go ahead, get that playoff noise out of your head, folks, because like right mm. now, unless you got, you're, what you're gonna, we got say that means you're gonna sweep the Falcons. Uh, and that you're going to have to potentially sweep the the Saints. Like, you're going to have to win a lot of division games, and you might not have to – you might not be able to win your division to make the playoffs, but a lot of your money is going to be made in beating up the division and racking some wins if you want a wild-card position. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, don't, I, I'm not, I don't even think making the playoffs is a – is a criteria for me of having a good season this year. And by the I way – Nine I mean- wins is a good season for us. And it probably still means a complete rebuild. And to in a, sorry to say, out. nine wins might be a playoff berth. Wow, could be. I don't know. Really, maybe it could be. I mean, you got to keep thing- in mind we've added the extra playoff team, and uh, I mean the extra game doesn't necessarily bode well for a nine-win season. But 
you know, it's it definitely is is in the cards when you look at you know what happened last year with uh, you know, or maybe the year before. Um, I just don't feel like the South is sending two teams to the playoffs this year. You, I, I don't disagree with that. I don't think outside of Tampa, I don't see anybody stepping up and being a, a real juggernaut in this in this division or in this conference. Um, but I, to, I mean, to the point, and here's the thing: it sucks. It's like I don't want to be this guy who is literally just playing it safe by saying like. I could see us being a good team. I can see us being a bad team, but that is really where we're at. Like I could see yeah. us being a good team. I can, I see pieces and I see things that are leading to us being a potentially a good team. I also can see us being a really fucking bad team. And that's because of quarterback questions, coaching questions. Um, and there's yeah. still questions surrounding the offensive line. We believe on paper we've improved, but all in all, we don't know. We haven't seen this group play together under a you know under the coaching staffs that we have currently i there's just so much that we don't know that's why it's so hard to say that you know i i don't think anybody should be calling anybody crazy for saying that we can be in a a three win season i don't think anybody should be calling anybody crazy who thinks we could possibly win nine games right uh i agree yeah i i 100 agree with that is like i see pathways to all three of those um and a lot of it has to do with injuries a lot of it has to do with upside and you projecting players a lot of it has to do with other teams you're facing how good they are right um let me ask you the hard question cody if carolina somehow goes and wins 10 games with sam Darnold, somehow Right. I mean, don't say, oh, it's not going to fucking happen. This and that. You have to say this is a possible world. How excited would you be next season? Just overall, like on this show on a daily basis, if we're coming out there with even Sam Darnold and slinging 10 wins. I got to feel like is is that like going to would that be enough to wash some of the stink of our pessimism away? maybe but at the end of the day like if you're saying like would i be excited about a future with sam donald no no, i'm saying this is just the excitement level of that season you know where you're getting up here and happy saying we could go fucking win next week you know you're like you start getting the eight wins and you know and you're like eight and six or something like that and you're like oh we got this we're gonna go i just I really I think 10's the number. I think 10's the only number that will make me go, wow, this is. I mean, I'll be I'll be excited, but it won't be anywhere near as excited as if it's Matt Corral. Because if it's Matt Corral, if you gotta get 10 wins with Matt Corral, your excitement level is to the next but But I'm just saying, what if it was Sam Darnold? Like is like how about this? Is at some point there's a number that's a tipping point. To where you have to go, all of my concerns about Sam Darnold are gone, right? So if you go and win 12 games with Sam Darnold, you're sitting there going, you know what? We got it wrong. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, hey, there's I'm a number, and I think it's around that Darnold. 10 mark. Yeah, if, if if he gets to that one, he's Alex Smith. I still want him out the door the next year. Like, you know, that, that there really isn't going to be enough to change my mind. I'll say this. Uh, I'll be happy be that our team, season. that our team is taking the step forward, dude. I don't care how good of a quarterback you are, if you don't have that good team around you, you're not going to make it very far. Mm. And I do feel like our team right now 
is built in a way where we don't have too, too many pieces that we need to fill out before we're a real contender. But, you know, we need to add a few more, but we're not far away, man. So if we did that, it would tell me that our team and our coaching staff is closer to the point that we want to be at than we originally thought. And that's a good yeah. sign. All right, next go. What up, C3? JSU. Um, Robbie has Robbie Anderson has been in the game for years. He knows there's fans that will respect you, love you, hate you in between. Um, my pick on Robbie is I respected him. I respected him when we got him. It's just the situation that he came into. I mean, you got Sam Darnold, you got Matt Rule. Nobody knew who Matt Rule was until he showed his cards, and he's not a leader. Yep. Um, same goes for Sam Darnold. What I dislike about Robbie, and I don't want to see him as a, a kid, but he's acting like an angry-ass teenager, and I respect the hell out of him because, like you said, he didn't come on the red carpet Um he says that he stays away from bullshit, but that's bullshit. It's, it's his life. I don't want to run his life. But when you look at these players' posts and how they live, I respect them for having a girl and staying out the way. But you at clubs, anything can happen when you're out and about. Um, he started dropping balls when him and his girl actually broke up. That was that year because I followed him when we uh, – picked him up and once that breakup happened that's when all the bullshit started happening he started tripping on the field dropping balls um so imagine how a robbie and what i want robbie was uh, a vet standpoint as far as like wide receiver wise which he played that position but i just wanted him to stick with dj him and dj fell off i'm sure people didn't know that but I just don't like the attitude. I don't – I want to see my wide receivers grind, you know. That's, we just never had that. And DJ, he's a silent grinder, and he don't get much respect because he's not a loud mouth. Now, uh, Robbie, I, I just feel so confused. But I got a lot of a lot more to go, but I'm going to leave it there. Yeah, I think all good things to consider uh, is like Robbie Anderson. If he was had a thousand yard season, and he's doing that. It's cute. You know what I'm saying? It's like, where's that bear doing? Well, that clip was so funny because he went out there and scored a thousand yards. If he would have come in and not played at all, dropped the ball all that season and been like, what that bear? You don't even know what the playbook is. He would have said all this other stuff. I want to know what a fight with Robbie Anderson's girlfriend sounds like. How many times would he say, you feel me? To her, if he gets that emotional to the critter, the the Twitter criticism, something really angry, be like, "We, I pay the bills. You feel me? Pay, <laughs> you feel me?" All right, next go. It's me, C Dog, man. I'm just listening real C-Dog. quick while I'm on the blunt. <laughs> but uh, y'all talking about uh, Robbie right now? My thing is, everybody got to take it easy on Robbie. Robbie came here his first year, had a career year, breakout year, 1,000 season, yards for season, with Teddy Bridgewater. Now, he bring in Sam Darnold, his numbers drop, you know, drastically. 
Now he got to have one more year with Sam Donald. So, I mean, he's probably really, really frustrated because he left New York to get away from Sam Donald, and now he's back here with him again. So he got to psych himself up, you know. He might need to go talk to DJ Moore. DJ Moore still puts up styles. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is. I don't know what it, you know. Might need to go have a talk with DJ. But maybe Matt Corral got them start the season off. I don't know, you know. But uh, maybe I take it easy on Robbie, man, because you have to play with this Sam Donald sorry ass, man. You know, it's just it's probably real frustrating, Fact. especially, you know, when he's a deep ball threat. And, Imagine how you know, Steve Smith felt in two thousand. I can't throw the deep ball, so you know it's like, you know, he came. He's a Ferrari. You know, the Ferrari came and got his gear with his quarterback that we have. I'm continuing to listen to the show, man. Everybody, make sure when you come in this motherfucking goddamn show, man. Make sure you wipe your feet on the motherfucking light button and make sure you hey. motherfucking subscribe, man. Beep, beep, beep. Tell you. him, see, dog. Oh, yeah. Tell Thank him, man. Your call. Thank you for support. Uh, weekly listener, weekly supporter. Of all of our content, man. So we appreciate your time and your thoughts too. I think that is too. Is like uh, sometimes we can just get look. We can get irritated by uh, Robbie Anderson's like Twitter speech. Like it's just like so bizarre. It's tough to deal with. So you can say all these things. But here, uh, Todd Gurley said this once. He said, "If you want to hoot with the owls, you got to soar with the eagles." And the idea is like you can go out and party and do whatever the hell you want as long as Sunday. You show up and you put the numbers so you can be a pain in the ass and irritating or whatever it is if you're win- winning and, uh, you know, and or putting up the numbers. So last year, I think the production drop made it a little bit uh, more difficult. What's up? C3 is Noah here. You know, it's so much stuff going on in Panther Nation. Freaking. Baker Mayfield rumors is not is just not going away no time soon. I I don't know what's going on that situation. You know, Robbie, I'm gonna give Robbie one more chance. He got one more chance. He he may get on my good side this year or whatever the football season starts. Think it's this year. But yeah, you know, I pray. I just pray that you know we get the job done this year. But this no, year, get us some more wins. That's what we already have, you know, than last year. And, you know, I hope we actually do get Baker Mayfield for some reason. I just have my gut feeling just saying, you know, because I'm trusting him. But I do not, do not want to get rid of uh, Matt Crack. I do not want to get rid of him. Like, we need him. He's a key asset to our team. And, yeah. And our schedule, it's mid this year, kind of. Yeah, but keep counting. All right, man. Noah. I'm out. Noah, thanks for the call. Uh, One more. I think you got a part two. Yo, C3 is Noah, Noah here again. Well, I was just looking at the schedule, and, um, yeah, our schedule is not mid. It's kind of hard. I mean, we got the Saints, Ooh, Patriots. We have a lot of hard teams that we got to go past. I don't think we're going to win a lot of games this year at all. Um, yeah, um, 
Yeah, if we even had Baker Mayfield, I don't think that um we really have a chance to be honest. <laughs> Not this schedule. But keep trying to know without without. All right, thanks, Noah. That's the last call of the night. Uh, and oh, we, we got to build our team real quick. I want to do that. You brought that up. Let's build our defensive team because I got my squad. I spend my fifteen dollars, and then we'll ice some fools up. And if you guys got any last comments, then we'll get out of here. Thanks for all the support, people uh, calling in. Remember that number is two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. That's two five two 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 eight. 5098. We'll be back here on Friday and Tuesday as always. Right now, it's build your own team. It's kind of, can we make it any bigger? No. Uh, I'm trying. Okay. Um, uh, this is going. about as much as I can do. All right. So, here, I can tell you the $5 players. All right. So, we'll do. So, the way this works is Cody, put out by Panthers. Those arrows, that arrows up at the top, I think, should hide the right bar. Oh, shit. Yeah, <laughs> nice, nice. All right, that is a lot better. All right. Um, so you got to – this is put out by Panthers Wire. They uh, Last week we did this build your historical offense. Uh, the $15 to build your team. There are categories $5, $4, $3, $2, $1. On the left vertical column, on the top horizontal, horizontal I guess that would be the X axis, uh, edge, defensive tackle, linebacker, quarterback, one cornerback, and one safety. So – um, I got I got mine picked out. Uh, I am going to go uh, Peppers and Keekly. Like I gotta go ahead and spend. Last week I I picked two blue chip five dollar players. Just trying to mm-hmm. go ahead, right. Um, I can't, man. I can't. First, I can't justify really giving five dollars for Chris Gamble or Mike Manor, even though they're good players. I don't know if they're five dollar players. Chris Jenkins was probably a $5 defensive tackle, but still a defensive tackle. Peppers, legend, dude. Keekly, legend. So, yes, my 10 bucks right there. Then I'm going to dip into defensive tackle. I'm going to slip down to the $1 and get Star Latulale. Um, I think, yeah, there's good value there. Like there was good value last week with Steven Davis at the dollar category. Um. Then I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to skip to safety and pick up a dollar player as well with Trey Boston because I want to get Josh Norman. I can't afford Chris Gamble. I can't afford Eric Davis at this point. I'm going to get stuck. Ken Lucas was only good in Seattle. He wasn't ever good here. The best, I mean, he got beat, he got nose broken training camp by Steve Smith. And I don't even remember Doug Evans. Like, so I have a hard time remembering Eric Davis and Doug Evans. So Eric Davis is, must have been from the 90s. If you don't remember him, you know, I damn sure don't. So this is my squad. This is my squad. $5 for Peppers, $1 for Starlo Tulele, $5 for Luke Keekley puts me at 11 Then I'm going to go with $3, and Josh Norman gets me to 14 And with my final dollar, uh, I'm going to uh, get Trey Boston. Uh, love Mike Mentor as a player. Love Chris Gamble as a player. Love Chris Jenkins as a player. That's why they're all up there. I think you overpay for K1 short here. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking of this is should I try to save some money in the linebacker column? You know, should I do something like should? Because look, Beeson, Davis, 
Dan Morgan, Sam Mills, all beast players. But like Luke Keekley is like the greatest thing I've ever seen on the football field. Um, so that's my team. CK, you want to jump in there next? Yeah, um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna do my two five dollars players are gonna be Chris Gamble and Julius Peppers. Um, oh, wow. and Dan Morgan and Starla Tulale um okay. are gonna be mine because I think those are steals at the one dollar mark. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then that's going so to leave 12, me with Godfrey right? with my final for my safety. Uh yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, that's um, not bad. I, li- I like both of those. Uh, but I like mine better, dude, as always. Um, hey, how about this? Brian Burns for a dollar? I know. Dude, that's kind of criminal, huh? No, not at all. When you look at the guys ahead of him, Pepper Furballant Hall of Famer, Kevin Green Hall of Famer, Mike Rucker was freaking incredible, and big money Charles Johnson. Like, okay. Damn, so you're going to go with dollar? If, if yeah, I so go ahead. I was to say I was tempted to go Brian Burns, Starless Hulley, and Dan Morgan, but then I wouldn't have been able to spend all my fifteen dollars. So, <laughs> well, like, by even the way, if- I don't, I don't think that you have to spend fifteen. I just think that you have fifteen dollars, right? But so uh, for if example, I was gonna- yeah. If I was going to take the the, if I was going to come back, come away with money extra. I'm going to take the more dominant pass rusher at Julius Peppers, who is by far, at least early on in Julius Peppers' career, head and shoulders above what Brian Burns has been. Okay. All right. All right. He had 12 like stacks that. in 12 games his rookie year. Who, uh, who <laughs> Julius uh, Peppers. Peppers. Yeah. Yeah. He played yeah, a no short. He was suspended no one, for no four games. Denying the greatness of Julius Peppers. But I'm going to switch it up here, man. Um, right. I'm going Brian Burns, number one. I'm going to take Brian Burns for a dollar. Right. Then I'm going K1 short for $4. Okay, okay right. so that's five. I love I'm going to spend another five on 59 because, you know, I got to yeah. have my man yeah, Luke yeah. Keekley, right? So, uh, what, that's at 10 now? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm spending $3 on Josh Norman. Oh, and you're going to get... And I'm going to spend $2 on Chris Harris. Oh, okay. Interesting. Now, originally, I said Trey Boston, but just to spend all my money, I'll, I'll go Chris Harris over Trey Boston. So my final roster, Brian Burns, K1 Short, Luke Kickley, Josh Norman, Chris Harris. All right. Um, that was fun. That was fun. We got a lot done tonight. Um all right, that's the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com where every Tuesday night we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. The final segment of our show is the Ice Up segment where we tell someone to ice up, toughen up, and get it together. Uh, I'll open the floor to you guys. Anybody? CK, you want to go first? I, I've got, um, uh... Mine is less... Mine's just, again, obviously a, a attacking woke culture, but uh, I had put one in the DMs um, about... Uh, maybe last week it was a uh, a picture of a guy who it's a university uh ad and this guy is like oh, it's clear awesome. that this guy is the middle of the of the um the conversation piece like he's the one directing it it's like clear all the women are paying attention to what this guy is saying well um you know somebody on twitter may, wanted to post this and quote 
I didn't know you can get a master's in mansplaining. Um, and it's just such a like, yes, we know, have. Just, They've been doing it for a hundred and for for five thousand years. The thought, a like, degree in mansplaining. right? The thought this that is I the have, photo, right? Right. Yeah. That's yeah, exactly. And <laughs> and so like like and these are by the way the same people that are mad about gender and like all that stuff. And so like I want I sent a message to the group. And I said, I so badly want to respond by saying, did you just assign that man his own gender? <laughs> like, or assign, did, <laughs> did you just assign that gentleman or that person as a gender? Like, just because, like, those are the exact same people, right, that, that say, like, this is mansplaining. But also, you shouldn't assign people's gender, but you're assuming that he identifies as a man. So you're giving that, that person a yeah. gender by saying that. Like, it's just. I see so all women in that picture. Sorry. Yeah, that's best. And they're all beautiful and equal uh, to one another but, in every single way. But anyway, yeah, just my <laughs> my my thoughts on that are just that's irritating. But anyway, yeah. All right, uh, my ice up pick this week goes uh, to this person. I'm going to leave him nameless in this conversation. Who was over, came over and hung out at our pool yesterday, and I've only met this person a couple of times and. He's always been nice to me in a way, like or in these two times, he's always been ni- nice to me personally. But I got to say, this is a weird, um, just a couple of weird things that have happened in like conversation openers this week with me and some people. And uh, we're sitting there just hanging out and he comes over loaded. I mean, loaded. And uh, to the point where it was like, my wife was like, he keeps messing and you're coming and like and this and that. So, my wife is not, she doesn't say no, you know, anyway. So the dude walks in, first of all, struggling bus, like from the, and it's like three o'clock and I was like, how do you get like this, this quick? Um, wearing a free hot dog shirt with an arrow down to his junk. <laughs> like, uh, just bring your own buns. It's, uh, I was like, you can't make it up. He really had that shirt. Yeah. Yeah. And he goes, uh, so That's he's awesome. sitting there. I mean, he's just hammered, dude. And uh, he goes, I know you're the same opinion of me as me. And I was like, all right. And he goes, shoot first, ask questions later. And I was like, well, actually, you don't know my opinion, bro, because I am like very anti-authoritarian. Like I suspect all of these. And I generally have a lot of questions about the use of excessive force. But okay, and I was like, oh, uh, well, I'm actually not that. It's like screw civil liberties, obviously. So I walk away. I'm trying not to do it. My friend, this other friend goes to him. He says, What do you do for a living? He goes, I'm a paramedic. And well, he didn't say I'm a, he didn't say it that clearly at all. But I was walking back over at this point, and I, and I thought this is like give him a second chance here. And I said, Oh, you're a lifesaver, not a life taker, right? And he goes, no, actually, all the good paramedics are the opposite. And I was like, wait a second. I ain't ever heard of someone who touted being a great paramedic. Lives. It's like, the yeah, I was just like, I'm death. not going to save them. These people ain't worth it. Yeah. Like, God. Like, so to uh, homeboy, paramedic, who's number one uh, criteria, he's like, hey, in that class that uh, where that man's playing, that man was telling them is like paramedics, a good paramedic leaves them all behind uh ice up i don't even know what to say it's like uh, i don't know 
what that means. I also had this when I say weird conversation o- openings. Uh, I was uh, there was at this establishment this week, and this guy, he's a friend of mine, and he he's like also feeling right. And he comes up and he starts trying and he like starts to talk and he can't no words come out. Like he's like <laughs> and no words come out. So I was like, use your words. And he goes, You've been married for a long time, haven't you? I was like, Yeah, man, 16 years. And he's like, So you've probably gotten a blowjob in AJ's bathroom before. And I was like, Whoa. I was like, <laughs> No. Uh and then he got somehow he was using that to a parallel that he just walked in the bathroom and saw some girl to give him some dude a head in the bathroom. But I was like, why was that your springboard, bro? So to, <laughs> so to poor conversation openers, I say ice up. Ice up. Ice up. <laughs> I was like, where is this conversation going? But I don't know. All right. You're up. Cody. Uh, so, on 4th of July, there's a few traditions that we as Americans adhere to. We drink a few beers. We blow up a few fireworks. Blow a few guys. Uh, yeah. You know, to each, his own, <laughs> to each his own. You know, I don't judge over here. Uh, but one of the things, and one of the people who doesn't get enough credit as being a true American institution an American pastime, and an undisputed goat is none other than Joey Chestnut. Oh, this was great. He saved America. Oh, dude, the official baddest man on the planet. I'm pretty sure this dude, uh, he gets to run the president now. He's so cool. Uh, This dude is um, the very best eater in the world. He was doing the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Championship, uh, and he's in the middle of the competition. He's at 17 hot dogs eaten, and this happens. A protester bumps him out of the way and gets up on stage trying to expose Smithfield Death Star, which is the meatpacking company that, like, packs all Nathan's meats. Yeah. Well, in the middle of competition, this man, this legend, <laughs> Joey Chestnut, said, fuck out of here with that dumb shit, bro. And put him into the fucking ground, turns around, <laughs> and, and, con- and continues to win the fucking competition. Ladies and gentlemen, in your life, you might not see a more American thing in your entire in your entire <laughs> life. Not only is this man eating more than any other person in the world, but get that protesting bullshit the fuck out of my face, dude. And that's Joey Chestnut for you. And that is Look, there's more protesters in the background. They bump legend. Yeah, and there were it was a whole big Star Wars thing. They were all wearing a stormtrooper mask and shit. It was a whole bit to do, a whole big deal. But Joey Chestnut is a fucking legend. And shame on you forever trying to interrupt the greatness that Joey Chestnut tries to achieve every single 4th of July to those losers. Ice up, son. A uh, man was playing injured. He was in a walking boot. 
uh, yeah. still dominating the competition. I mean, it's like an equivalent performance of uh, Thomas Davis playing the Super Bowl with his arm all jacked up with the pins and stuff in it. Um, the it has a question, hot take: Has Joey Chestnut taken a step back as a competitive eater? I feel like sixty or sixty three is lower. I, 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 then wait, was the, the last record time? like he was like at eighty last year? No, something. I think the record that he's at is seventy six. Okay, he's taking a step back. Uh, yeah, but then again, like th- there's nobody was close. Like the number two is like not even is like thirty four. Like he and by have, the way, his next best competitor, Matt Stoney, has a huge YouTube channel. He's like one of the biggest eaters on oh, YouTube. Really? You should, he's this little five foot seven, 125 pound kid. And dude, you cannot believe the amount of food. I know it's sick. You know what? It's like, I really love Nathan's hot dogs. Like, they're my top hot dog. Yeah. And um, I would say that, like, if you watch that, it might make you not want to eat hot dogs. It's like really hot It's kind of, I have a theory. Like, I don't like buffets. I don't like going to buffets. It's just, I think right. they represent all that's wrong with America and overeating and, and like forces me to try to beat the buffet and just like waste if waste. Oh, I beat them. Ex- yeah, <laughs> it's just like waste, excess, all of this. Uh, so I'm not a big buffet. And I feel like competitive eating is also like very symbolic of like the waste and excess. Of, um, what's your favorite? You got a favorite uh, eating competition number or anything because my i do black widow is my this girl she's a little asian girl and she holds the record oh, for spaghetti and she ate like 13 pounds of spaghetti <laughs> it's like and she weighs like 110 pounds it's like how do you eat 10 percent of your body weight in spaghetti dude <laughs> like, There's and, a- and she's taking the plate and just like <gasps> dude it, oh it, it's uh eating the YouTube eating space is actually very uh, filled with a lot of different personalities. Like uh, Daniel Castro in the chat says, there's a dude named Randy Santel. He goes all across America. And like, you know how restaurants do challenges? Do challenges, yeah. Like, yeah, eat this big like, ass I'm meal a- in under 30 minutes and you get it free or else it's 50 bucks, you know? Well, uh, he does a lot of them. There's a dude named Joel Hansen. He eats a ton of fucking food. It, again, if you haven't checked out Matt Stoney, dude, Matt Stoney is incredible. Like, right. by the way, his, right. who his are these? Randy Sintel, like, Randy Sintel, and Matt Stoney. I need yeah. some. And Joel Hansen. Joel Hansen is another one that <laughs> God, can just eat me out. <laughs> crazy food, dude. Um, right. There's a guy Different. named Beard Eats Food. He's from the UK. He puts down a lot of food too, but. That that Matt Stoney dude, he has videos that are like fifty four million views. Like, I'm talking crazy numbers. Right. And like, he's, he's not man. even in the realm. It's like the second grade. It's like Joey Chestnut is Wayne Gretzky. It's like the next guy is so oh, far yeah. away from him. They're like not he's even. He's lapped him. It's like the second best. <laughs> and by the way, if you go and look, like hot dogs is what he's most famous for. Nathan's is like the Super Bowl of eating every 4th of right. July. But like all these other world records, like fried chicken, Big Macs, all this other stuff, he has like world records in. That dude's insane. Um, looks like this is 
Gosh, I want to see is Matt Stoney may have broken the uh, pasta eating record. Yeah, I know he has a ton of them. He has a ton of records. And by the way, one of the things you'll notice, the best professional eaters, they're not big fat dudes. Because what you learn is the more fat you have around your midsection, the less room you have for your stomach to be able to expand. So it's normally the real skinny dudes like a Matt Stoney that are just able to put away just crazy. Like everyone knows that one skinny kid growing up that could literally eat whatever they wanted and never gain a pound. Like it's those type of people that are the best eaters in the world. Okay, maybe it was seven F pounds by Black Widow, but Matt Stoney uh, just broke the pasta, pasta eating 10 pounds in eight minutes. He's also ate 12 pints of Ben and Jerry's to get himself back into eating shape. Oh, my gosh. All right, that's the C3 Panthers podcast. Take us out of here, Cody. Ladies and gentlemen, until next time, when we're scraping the bottom of the barrel for things to talk about, We'll be successful again next time. Keep pounding.